This is Jeremy White, and you are listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. This week on the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, we're skipping that wacky news and we're going for a Chick-fil-A Elite Eight Sauce Bracket, and we have the author of In His Shadows, Growing Up with Reggie White, it's Jeremy White. All that and more on this episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. Here we go. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast, where it's two guys take on life, liberty, and the pursuit of gravy, and you, the listener, are getting a degree in common sense. We are broadcasting from the Bustin' Knuckle Studio right here in beautiful downtown historic Concord, North Carolina. I'll be your host, Biggin, and how about you? We've got a great show lined up for you, as always, but before we begin, let me introduce you to the second half of this flaky biscuit. That's right, I'm talking about the pride of Anderson, South Carolina, 2016's Honorable Mention Father of the Year, the inventor of the redneck egg roll. Give it up on old mic number one, it's Mojo! What's going on? Hey, buddy. We're back after two weeks off, and... uh all this political mess has hopefully died down a little bit. Maybe not. I don't it, know. It ain't. It ain't. It's going to keep going. <laughs> It'll be something new. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in once again to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast. You can find us on the Facebooks at Southern Fried Philosophy. You can also go to our Instagram and Twitters at SFP Radio. Our YouTube.com forward slash SFP, uh, SFP Radio. Also, our Patreon link at Patreon.com forward slash SFP Radio. Don't forget to go to Google Play, iTunes, or Stitcher. Uh, subscribe, give us a like, a share, uh, write a review. That's how we move up in the old uh, algorithms of the podcast world. That would be handy dandy. We would really appreciate that. And don't che- don't forget to check out our Patreon link. If you want to you know, join the family and be part of this thing, check it out at uh, Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash SFP radio. We're going to also be producing some Patreon subscriber um, content that we'll yeah. do later on, but we're, well, we're going to get that. And that's the thing. We've got 77 episodes that are free. A lot of these other... And this one know, is too. And this one is... Well, this is 77. <laughs> a lot of these others have, you know, they give you 10, but then they make you pay for more. Kind of like a crack a, dealer. Subscriber wall. Yeah. Right. A pay wall. But not us. Oh, no. We just give you the whole kit and caboodle. We don't ask right. you to pay. We give it to you for free because we like you. We're about to turn into the Walter White of podcast. <laughs> we would hope so. We'll give you a sample. <laughs> so so that we can give you the free content, we just ask for some help. You know, That's right. A dollar here, a dollar there, that kind of stuff. Or buy us a beer when you see us out. Or that. That doesn't pay the, the mortgage, though. So yeah, my wife is a little bit, you know, <laughs> there you go. crazy about there that. You, uh, we actually have a, a couple guests in our hot seats today. Oh, yeah. We have Alan, is a friend from that we know from church. And then Leon, again, from Watchman Cigars on episode 76. Leon is sitting in studio at the uh, Bad Mother Smokers Smoking Hot Seats. So thanks for, for joining, guys. Mojo, I'm going to ask you like I every, ask you every week, how you be darn? So we all know the past couple of weeks have been just a huge political political fiasco. <laughs> Mike fiasco. I was trying too. to turn that down so we don't go there. <laughs> so, and I got into a very heated debate on online today, and oh, uh, that's what's burning my biscuits. Oh boy, those Facebook arguments. Oh my gosh, this is probably one of the most important topics to my heart right now in, in America. Mm-hmm. Dukes versus Hellman's. I swear that that's an argument. Oh my god! I mean, we we went back and forth probably at least for five and six, five or six hours. I thought that would be hands down. It's complete Dukes. I was nineteen years old before I discovered other brands. There isn't any other. So brand. I, I didn't. I They're didn't just copies. So all these fakers out there who are on the Hellman strain. Mm. Yeah, you going down? We still want you to listen, but you know, you're dead to me. <laughs> 
How you be doing? I'm good, man. I am uh, in the middle of work Hades, as we call it. You know, like I'm working 60, 70 hours. It's, it's nuts. But I do get uh, a break for two things. One, taking care of, of the, your little one, the, mm. the six-year-old. Thank you um, for doing that, by the way. Not a problem. It, life will stop to take care of your daughters. <laughs> Whatever happens, we just drop everything and take care of them. Or if they just want to come spend the night. Uh, and then Kentucky sports. You know how, how much I love yeah. Kentucky sports. Basketball. So, so Kentucky football was what, 4-0 going into this weekend? 4-0 going into this yeah. weekend. Now we are 5-0. and Wow. Woo! When's, that, when's the last time that happened? 1950, my friend. Wow. 19. So when do they start playing rule teams? That was the same year Paul Bear Bryant won the championship at the University of Kentucky. Oh, wow. I didn't know Bear Did Bryant you? was yeah, there. Yeah, he was there. Wow. So how about it? That's impressive. Yeah, we beat, uh, last week we beat South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did beat Mississippi State. So we, we are playing some real teams well, now. My my, uh, my team, Duke, yeah. which uh, we, we were doing good. You were doing we, great. We got, the, we got the brakes beat off of us this past weekend. So yeah. Who did you play? Uh, unranked team. Mm-hmm. So That's I'm, what I thought. I'm pretty sure that uh, we're we're not going to be in the rankings anymore now. You, you were in the 25. 22. 22. Yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, show but we, we, but hey, we were 17. You're, Guess you're, what we're at now? 13. Wow. I'm just saying. Now, it'll, it may be different. We're going down to A&M right. tonight. Or Saturday, right, and we're playing at A and M, so that's going to be a little tough. that's a tough. Aggies are a tough team; they are. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. You yeah. want to introduce our guest just in case he wants to interject any co- uh, commentary here? Yeah. So um, we we are going to bypass the wacky news because we've got this Chick fil A Elite Eight this sauce bracket stuff. thing. Yeah. But we're just going to bypass that stuff, and we have with us in studio, guys, uh, Jeremy White. He is the son of the Hall Hall of Famer Reggie White. Jeremy. Thanks for coming on the show. Say hi, I appreciate absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's wonderful to be here. And actually, I'm a I'm a Hellman's guy. Oh, <clears throat> oh, geez. oh I no! Mean, Stop the show. No, I, yeah. <laughs> Privilege. <laughs> no, sir. Well, it's been nice having Jeremy on the show. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening we to this will, episode. Uh, <laughs> we hope to not yeah. have you back sometime. But right. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just kidding. Might as well be dead to people. And, no, but you okay. grew up in the South, right? You know Dukes. It's not anything new. It, it, you know, I, I can't. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I can't. Okay. I, for some reason, I cannot. I, I'm just picturing helmets. Only helmets. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I don't fit into a good category. Can, can he get some redemption points points back if he? disavows the miracle whip yes yes but we'll have to have an fbi investigation to make sure oh, that no, his allegations that are not true and uh we also need a notarized letter from the secretary of state in north carolina verifying that his uh his words are actually on record here. <laughs> that's rough all right well do you, what about the what about the um college football well no well about helmets or the, the miracle whip Oh sure, I will disavow it. So as okay. long as I can come back on a second, <laughs> right, yeah. but he's, he's, you're a, you're a miracle whip guy. So here's the thing: there's like on a sandwich, maybe maybe miracle. Anything else is is mayonnaise. Okay, okay. It's mm. like sometimes I want a little sweet on my sandwich, just oh, sometimes okay. on certain things. Okay, well, add some sugar it. on it. Mm. No, only whip I'm down with is coo whip. <laughs> oh, coo whip. Coo whip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so do you want to explain kind of what's going on here in front of us? We have got yeah. There was a, a couple. There was actually what a Southern Living article that came out about um, Chick Fil A. Now, mm-hmm. I, I'd like to off the onset here. I'd like to um, call out one of our one of our fans uh, from Canada. 
mm-hmm. who, is, who, oh, now, no. who now lives here, actually says, yeah, actually says, yeah, actually says, he people does not, nice people, he, uh, he doesn't understand our fascination with Chick-fil-A. Oh. So that, that just, that kind of hurt me to the core. Yeah. Well, it so, should. You know, it really should. Um, Chick-fil-A, they came out, there was an article saying, what is the most popular sauces in, in the region? Um, the, the sauce for the South was barbecue, um, the, which you would think. But what's weird is from Florida to Maine, the Polynesian sauce made number one. It was like the well, number one thing. We do have a lot of Polynesians that have migrated here. And they live in Florida and Maine. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, and then in the Midwest, it was barbecue sauce. And then uh, the West Coast was the garlic and herb ranch, which you would think. Yeah, I'm surprised it wouldn't like something with avocado, like the, the avocado, the avocado yeah, dressing yeah. thing. Vegan. Yeah, yeah. those weirdos. <laughs> so <laughs> we're going to have a bracket. Chick-fil-A officially has seven sauces. Right. Um and you guys can begin to start opening up your, your sauce packets. Um, the Chick-fil-A sauce is labeled as our classic dipping sauce with notes of honey mustard and smoky tang. Smoky tang. Then we've got the Polynesian sauce, a delicious sweet and sour sauce with a strong tangy flavor. Uh, the honey mustard sauce, a savory sauce with robust flavor of mustard and spices combined with the sweetness of honey. Boy, this sounds delicious, doesn't it? The garlic and herb sauce is a creamy buttermilk ranch with savory garlic, onion, and herb flavors. Okay, maybe it's the herb that made the West Coast. (laughs) (laughs) It is legal there. Hey. The Sesti Buffalo sauce, a flavorful hot sauce with smooth, bold flavors. The barbecue sauce is our classic barbecue sauce seasoned with spices, onion, and garlic with a rich, bold flavor. And I didn't even know this was on the menu, so this may be new for folks. A, a sriracha sauce, a sweet and tangy sauce made with chili peppers for a spicy twist. I don't, I think I don't, I don't know the definition of tang anymore. I've, I've lost all tang ability. Yeah. So the, the noises that you're hearing in the background is uh, we're opening up eight different. We each have eight different sauces. By the way, when I went through the drive-thru, they were not happy with me. <laughs> no, that's not true. They probably oh, said my, they say my pleasure. Oh, yeah. Yes. They were saying my pleasure with, with gritted teeth, with gnashings of I teeth. I tell you what, you got to give it up, Chick-fil-A. They're the only fast food restaurant that you can, you can go to and be like, I want 12 sauces. I want a sauce for each nugget. Okay. No yeah, I asked them if it's there were pleasure. additional costs for the sauces, and they just said no, no, it's fine. But you go to you go to, to any other fast food chain, they're it's gonna, like twenty five cents a pop, yeah, right? They go nickel and dime you. Okay, yeah, can I have some extra ketchup packets? Um, really? Yeah, <laughs> just no, I mean, not two's two's not good enough for a large fry. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> All right, so as you're looking at these folks, I need to ask. Let's let's go ahead and write these down just so that we have them all ready to go. So the CFA sauce. Now that's been the number one driver for most people. What where do you think that that's gonna is on the scale of one to eight? That's a definitely a one. Is that yeah. okay? Because in my mind, Chick Fil A, anything you order, I've said this before. Anything you order Chick Fil A is just the vehicle to put the Chick Fil A sauce right. on to ride to your mouth. You don't even care about the nugget. It's to just a. Yeah. A proper vehicle delivery device to get right. to your mouth That's from right. the packet. Okay. It, it almost feels like when you go there, they're like, what kind of sauce would you like? Would you like barbecue, honey mustard, ranch, or Chick-fil-A sauce? <laughs> right. Um, 
namesake, please. Yeah. <laughs> you, I never say, oh, well, I'll just pass the, the, the name brands also. Yeah. I didn't know about sweet and, sweet and spicy sriracha. Okay. Sriracha. You didn't bring me nuggets. Oh, I can't eat no, them. Yeah. No, but here's, here's the surprise, Mojo. I've got oh, nuggets. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to kiss this you. Let me mouth. tell you how much my life is made right now. <laughs> there we go. No, seriously. I was like, surprise, oh. there's nuggets. Oh, I'm so excited. Now you're happy. We're going to do a proper. Uh, not even happy. Good. Happy's not the word. All right. So, okay. So I'm going to make you guys will eat this this food, and then we will. I'll, I'll create the bracket as we as we kind of get ready for this. Oh yeah. All right. So we're back. Sriracha. So you're, oh, so you're making combos here. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. So here we go. We've got the bracket. So for a one seed coming out of the 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 West Division, we have Chick Fil A. Versus the buffalo sauce. <coughs> Chick-fil-A. Yeah. You're going to have to go with the CFA? I want to do a upset Cinderella story for buffalo sauce, but it can't. It's not going to compare. No. We okay. are not. Um, oh, gosh. Did I forget the name of that basketball team? It was just in March. Sister Jean's not going to help this. Oh, who was that? <laughs> what was that basketball team? It was Chicago. Villanova, was it? It was what? Chicago. No. Um, Oh yeah, third. IUPUI, <laughs> some weird element like of yeah. yeah. All right, so Chick Fil A is is beat the the eight the eight seed Buffalo sauce. Uh, coming out of the East Division, we've got Polynesian sauce versus barbecue. Mm. Uh, Polynesian. The, so you say Polynesian, Jeremy. He, he's going in for another you know, another score. It's just so gotta, you got to check. This you got to check. I mean, the refs are at the. At the TV, watching to see what what call to make. This is tough, ooh, because barbecue is um. When I dip my finger into the barbecue, it's just barbecue, but dipping the actual nugget, yeah, it brings it alive. It really does, and I'm not a barbecue guy. I'm gonna have to go barbecue on this. I think ooh. we need a tiebreaker. All right, so Polynesian over the barbecue. I'm gonna go to the to the crowd. The bad mother smokers smoking hot seats. Oh, that was delicious. Barbecue or Polynesian. <laughs> Do you have any more hiding over there? Polynesian. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my goodness. We got Leon saying barbecue. Hey, you're, Alan you're is saying. You're actually the uh, judge here. I can't, I can't go down with the poly. I've got to go barbecue. Oh, barbecue oh, for the wow. upset. For the upset. That's reasonable. Mm, At least don't. it wasn't a tie. That knocked out the entire uh, Florida to Maine listenership that we've got. <laughs> Fix it, NFL. <laughs> no ties. <laughs> All right. Coming out of the South, honey mustard versus ranch. Garlic ranch. Uh, I have to go ranch also. Ranch. I'm... Leon Ooh. shaking his head. Ranch. Just, it, Alan. No. Sorry, honey no. mustard. All right, ranch has got it. I was going to pick the honey mustard, but ranch has upset the honey mustard. And in the North Division, we have got ketchup and the sriracha sauce. We're going to obviously go with sriracha. sriracha sauce. All right, so CFA. Chick-fil-A sauce against the sriracha sauce. Where are we going? I really want to pull for the sriracha, but I, I got to do Chick-fil-A. I do too, but the, yeah, it's not. It's the Chick-fil-A sauce. Because Chick-fil-A sauce goes good on ice cream too. <laughs> All right, I haven't tried that, but I'm assuming it would. You're just it's assuming. got to. If it's delicious, it's delicious. <laughs> That's right. All right. We should, get, we should get Chris at Red Hill to make a, sri- uh, a Chick-fil-A sauce beer. Oh, that would be fantastic. <clears throat> All right, barbecue sauce over the garlic herb ranch. I'm not a beer drinker, and I would try that. <laughs> so 
so much. <laughs> like, Jeremy, didn't you just lose 30 pounds? How'd you gain back 60? Let me tell you a story about Chick-fil-A beer. <laughs> uh, Truett asked Kathy we would be rolling in his grave. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Serve with a smile. <laughs> All right, so the South Division. Okay, so we've got ranch versus uh, uh, barbecue. Where are we going? Ranch versus barbecue. I'm about to go barbecue. I know what everybody I wants me to say. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I went, no, I wasn't on the barbecue train at first, but mm-hmm. I know I'm guess I'm on the barbecue train now. Over the ranch? Yeah. See, I'm a I'm a classic guy. I gotta go ranch. Gotta, Let's go to the gallery. Barbecue oh, ranch. Here we, here we go again. again. <laughs> Golly. I'm gonna have to pull this one out again. Barbecue. Oh wow. Ooh. Sister Jean is strong with this one. Guys, we're down to the two. This is the championship. All right, which is Chick-fil-A sauce or barbecue sauce? Uh, it's Chick-fil-A hands down. Oh, Alan from the gallery is saying barbecue. Look, it's not a done deal. I'm telling you. Jeremy? I, put, when I, I said it. When I put my finger in the barbecue, it didn't taste good. But with the actual chicken, it it's a different kind of barbecue sauce. I'm going to have to go barbecue. Mm. Uh-oh. Two to one. Leon? Leon's going Chick-fil-A. It's down, down to, to me. He's going to launch. He's going to hit. Right? Uh, yeah. Cinderella story going to be complete. <laughs> it is not. It is going down. It is going down with the Chick-fil-A sauce. Uh, I'll start to sweat, actually. Yeah. Well, that's what we do. Now, we could get Chris to make a Chick-fil-A beer, a Chick-fil-A sauce beer, and call it the My Pleasure. I think that would go over good. <laughs> you know what? Where do I invest? <laughs> Actually, hold on. I'm sure Leon can make a custom crafted Chick Fil A sauce. Can a we c- get cigar? A cigar? Wow! A CFA sauce cigar. <laughs> Leon saying it's happening. That'd it's be, happening. Also, that'd be it'd probably be on my keto diet. Less calories. I can smoke a cigar and it's just great. eat the nugget. Oh, do you eat the nugget with the cigar? That's I, that's what that's the whole purpose. Can we can we bake the nugget into the cigar? And then smoke that. <laughs> Guys. Put that in your pipe and smoke this, it. This podcast is derailed, we'll by a, the we'll way. make a Chick-fil-A I, nugget I, bong. I, see, I, don't know. Make. I, think we've, I think we've absolutely gone in the direction we are supposed to. <laughs> the Lord has spoken. Absolutely. And, and we are here. Too bad, wow. there's, too bad there's not going to be any uh, any Reggie memes like the uh, Elon Musk meme going around. <laughs> him a Chick-fil-A nugget. Him and a nugget. nugget <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We can make it happen, oh man. Goodness, we can make that happen. Oh, <laughs> you know, I used to not want to be a meme and be all over the internet. Yeah, there you go. I, I tell you what, if that's, if that's what it took, if that's what it took, how, how did you make your first million? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Let me show you. Me Double you. dipping. <laughs> Dipping in the chick closed on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> you or just the whole meme? <laughs> oh goodness! All it right. would be funny if people didn't post memes on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, there goes there goes football season. You can't post any memes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> There's that. Speaking of football, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will be interviewing Jeremy White, the author of In His Shadows: Growing Up with Reggie White. You're listening to the Southern Fried Philosophy Podcast.
Hey guys, it's me, Bigging. Summer is made for grilling and chilling, and you too can be the baddest mother smoker on the block using our favorite award-winning smoking sauce. Bad Mother Smokers is perfect match for that favorite meat, veggies, or even that secret ingredient in a pot of chili. Check out badmothersmokers.com to place your order, and if you want to be a barbecue pit master like Mojo, enter the promo code MOJO for 10% off your order. Visit badmothersmokers.com or the sponsor section of our website at southernfriedphilosophy.com. our guests and, yeah. and want to go from there so there you go you even get the music that's I, I tell you what this is the first time i've ever had this intro music <laughs> i have I, i've thought about it I, when i was growing up i'm like oh i decided not to play football this will never be me i'll never be able to relate to that robot <laughs> why do they do those robots that robot. it's like wait a second after all of the home hunt <laughs> After all the advancements in technology, <laughs> and it's clearly one of the like they use still using the same graphic from '95. It's like the Rock'em Sock'em robot. Yeah. And, and, and and the thing is, like when he's getting pumped up and he's like moving his arms, like in, you know, and moving his feet up and down, like getting ready for warm ups, and you're like, why do I enjoy that? Why is that yeah. oddly pleasurable yeah. to watch? I don't. And then no, here, here's the football. It's a steel football. It's really heavy, but it's not for me because I'm Megatron's brother. <laughs> I don't understand. Great breakdown. That's probably like, the best analysis you know, of that stupid commercial or <laughs> intro. I, yeah. But could you imagine the test groups? They were like, mm, I don't like that robot doing that. <laughs> what was so, it up against? Like you dancing right. unicorn football player? <laughs> right. We're gonna go with masculine robots. And then you never hear the backstory, right? You never like you know you have the Madden players and they're. Like yeah. this guy, he's the one who puts all the little dots on and they do the 3D, and he's the one who gets tackled like all the time. You, you <laughs> Boom. The, where's the backstory? Right. <laughs> where's the backstory for this guy? Like who's the, who's the guy who did this? I want to know. Is he getting residuals or was it a one-time payment? Right, because right. if he's not getting residuals, he needs a new agent. That's yeah, right. yeah, because they're going to use that every for year. Ever. I, they haven't stopped. It, no, it no. had to have been a one-time payment. They're like, oh, we're just not going to pay anymore for That's that. Right. So. That's right. That's right. And you know, it had to be a brother. Because he was like, he did the whole finger movement, like, yeah. yeah. Again, with the hands just out in the, in the what front, if it like wasn't? dropping the mic. What if it wasn't? If what if it, it was some white guy named Brett? <laughs> far from Mississippi. Who's, who's a vegan and does CrossFit. <laughs> and likes garlic herb ranch. Yeah. <laughs> This is number one. You know what, Brett? I'm going to need you to. 
I'm going to need you to call Pixar because there's some work for you. <laughs> They're making a Toy Story 4. Yeah. Did you guys hear about that? I did not hear that. And I heard it's supposed to, they could barely get through like the last scene. It's supposed to be sad. Oh, why no. do you keep doing this? Why, it, why does every Disney movie start out with tragedy or ends with heartbreak? I don't All know. with single parents. Yeah. Or they just passed mm-hmm. away, except the Incredibles. And then yeah. their life is just shambles because That's they're right. a real family. Because oh, they're all oh liars. <laughs> they lie to their kids. I love being a student. That's what I'm trying to tell my daughter. I'm like, I'm trying to be the Incredibles. We lie to you all the time. So. Yeah, by the way, our guest is Jeremy White. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Maybe the longest introduction we've had. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Jeremy White is the son of uh, the late, great Reggie White. I'm sure we'll get into that in a few, but uh, Jeremy wrote a book called In His Shadow, uh, Growing Up with Reggie White, and he also has a kid's book, which I actually is probably more my grade level, uh, Stella <laughs> and Gustav, and um, I'm anxious to actually get home and read that with my six-year-old. I think she'll probably enjoy that. So welcome to the show, Jeremy. Um, I appreciate you guys plug your, you know, how people can reach out to you, uh, social media, follow you. Yeah, so um, let's see. So first and foremost, thanks for having me, guys. This yeah, is, this is going to be a treat. I don't. You told me to talk as long as i want to we might be here till tomorrow morning <laughs> that's okay um, well yeah. chick-fil-a will probably deliver through uber eats so. there you go i haven't tried it yet but i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna ask the uber eats driver can you make sure to pick up one sauce for every <laughs> i will tip you an extra two dollars and fifty cents that's right <laughs> something Cash. I don't know what, right get right now <laughs> and i'll save which which kind of quarter do you want you want the one with massachusetts on the back you want the hawaii one i've got them all i go in my mother's Collect been saving yourself. them because she thinks they're going to be worth more than 25 cents oh, like yeah. the two dollar bills that everybody thinks are going to be worth more than two dollars these are going to be worth twenty dollars yeah. one day like remember when the new twenty dollar bills came out oh yeah and everyone yeah, was like, hoarding yeah, them oh yeah, yeah. people were like right. i got that new 20 i'm like it's worth the same as the old you want to trade no, well, <laughs> no like, i'll give you all my old my new 20s for your old ones let's go do that imagine that kid walking into that that, that jewelry appraisal coin appraisal <laughs> shop you know my grandpa just left me this whole collection of state quarters yeah. mister how yeah. much can you get how many? How many are there? Fifty. Fifty. Yeah. Well, that's twenty five dollars, son. What? Right. <laughs> that makes it probably twelve fifty. Actually, I can't. I teach kindergarten. Math is hard. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, you know, the kid has that look, a look on his face, like, "Sir, I, I thought this was worth way more." I was, my grandfather saved these. Guy want to go to college. Yeah. yeah. This isn't. This isn't. Um, dear John, where he has that one coin collection <laughs> that's, that's right. worth all that money. <laughs> that's right. And I just uh, that no doubt. Oh, she did him so wrong. Okay. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so media. social media. Uh, so <laughs> right now I'm actually uh, I'm on YouTube. This is not for everybody, but I'm starting a pre-K program, a kindergarten readiness. So I'm on it's we're Lift Tutoring, L-I-F-T Tutoring on YouTube. And that's we don't have a URL yet because we only have 87 subscribers. Once we get to that magic hundred number, we'll have a Ooh. backslash Lift Tutoring. Cool. So if you type in Jeremy White Lift Tutoring, I'll, it's an orange bird. It comes up. So if you're interested in, you know, helping your kids develop their foundation for education and reading and moving forward. There's some videos you might like to check out. Um, on Twitter, I'm underscore Mr. White one, um, M M R not M I S T E R, but <laughs> underscore Mr. White one. There's only one Mr. And that was uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. I looked, wow. I looked for Mr. White and he's a DJ. Oh, really? There's this guy who has this like like a blue man group, except he just he has his face is white and he's a DJ and he has like thousands of followers. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, maybe we should do something like that, like a DJ techno uh, pre K learning thing. That, that would you know dress what? up as a robot. 
it, that it, does the intro does the intro for the Fox highlights. <laughs> I like that. that. I get I like James that. Brown on the phone, but he switched to CBS. Good for you, James. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, Howie, and Jimmy. That's not the same yeah. anymore. And then they replaced him with anyway. So <laughs> it's so obvious what you did. He has the same build. He's black. Like, I, I understand. I get it. And he's not as likable. I love the guy, but he's like, here I am. I'm not JB, but you're not gonna know the difference. <laughs> Roll that highlight. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. So underscore Mr. White one on Twitter. I have a total of six hundred and fifteen followers. So if you'd like wow. to be six hundred and sixteen, you know, do let it. me know. You know, we we do different stuff. Um and other social media. Instagram underscore Mr. White One. I'm on Instagram. I have like five hundred something followers. I feel really important. You are. So, yeah, yeah, you are. You know, it's just we we do what we can. I got a lot of people who follow me because I've just been Working out this summer. I've worked out for 100 days this summer. Oh, so wow. like I've been retweeting this guy who's like, oh, God, he's probably like 560 pounds. And mm. he's been tracking his his um, oh. his weight loss. And like people are trying to give him crap. Like, oh, I haven't seen you lose any weight. I'm like, it's 109 days, first of all. The guy's 545 pounds. Why are you? He has 18 thousand followers wow yeah he just yeah so i I, I bet he's lost some weight (laughs) he's got to and he's doing strength training and stuff and anyway but yeah that's that's me on social media um if you look on amazon stellan gustav uh gustav is spelled g-u-s-t-o-f-f because i at the ending was before you turn your brain off remember the story of stellan gustav you don't don't want to be accused of being a a russian spy or you know i looked up yeah i was like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's 2011. I, Who would think? Right? I didn't want to like, I didn't like Rush, Russian collusion. Had it been that, I mean, I already would have made my first billion smoking my Chick-fil-A blunt. You know, it just would have been there. So Stellan Gustav on Amazon. Um, and actually, I would prefer if you're interested in getting in his shadow um, in my autobiography, just uh, – Actually, just email Estelle and Gustav at gmail.com and, you know, give me your address. I'll give you a payment because the ones on Amazon right now, I, I did a self-publishing and the publishing company went defunct. Okay. So if you get it on Amazon right now, it's usually people who are um, like they're selling them from libraries. I actually mm. went ahead. They were selling for like one cent on Amazon. Uh, and I yeah. was like, you know, what? I'm buying these back. I'm going to yeah. sell them yeah. for what I want to sell them for. Yeah. And I found one of this one that I had signed and I felt some kind of way. Oh, oh, I'm yeah. sure. And I was like, what? And then one was actually dedicated to this guy's son. He's uh, like, I hope oh, you man. can get closer to God. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, and he sold it on Amazon to the guy who wrote it. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, <laughs> the bad news is he bought it for a penny. Yes, so yes. Three ninety nine shipping and handling did not qualify for Amazon Prime. <laughs> Come on, Amazon. <laughs> it's my book. $105 billion, and I can't buy my own book without shipping it to myself for three ninety nine. That's right. And we'll make sure that we put all the links on our site. Yeah. So on the, you look under show notes, and then we'll get that updated and make sure you can, you can go there and get that stuff there. So let's talk about a little bit about the book. What was your inspiration of writing this, and why did you write the book? So when – I'll take you guys a little further back. So when I was younger – Going back. Uh, well, way back. When it was a <laughs> Space Jam. It was a Kurt Franklin album, I think. <laughs> it's only album I listened to for years. One of my friends was like, dude, we need you to do better. I was like, it's not like my dad will let me listen to T.I. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're going all the way back. I remember my father wanted to – um he was in talks with actually who? Oh, that guy who got in trouble for that huge scandal. Oh, that wow. I never, that one, that, yeah. Which that one? Which one? one? Yeah. Uh, Jim Baker. 
Oh, okay. Jim Baker. We're going way, Jimmy. way back. Yeah. Okay, so I originally PTL. Yeah, originally Jim Baker, and maybe it might have been some of uh, what was going on with Billy Graham and stuff. But he was like all in that same circle, right? And they were talking about making a Christian amusement park, and they were asking oh, yeah. my dad for like, "Hey, would you be down with you know funding something like this and helping out?" And I remember we even had like the 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 actual like model of what it would look like and all this stuff. Regardless. I'm about six years old, so I knew my life's mission. I wanted to be a ticket taker. <laughs> so I was, like, yeah. I was like, I'm a, I'm, that's, that what you want? Jeremy, what you want to do? I want to be a ticket taker. And I just take people's tickets, tell them to have a great time. Yeah. There's something so good about that. But uh, <laughs> life got older, and I was like, I don't think I can make $5 an hour. There's $150 a month would have to qualify me for a car. You know, I'm watching those car right. commercials when I'm younger. <laughs> yeah. They're like, for only $100 down, I was like, $100? I only get $7 a week for allowance. <laughs> How am I going to make that work? And I got to spend 50 of it on the new video game that's coming out. Because yeah. right. I used to save my money. So anyway, I wanted to be a veterinarian first. And then I realized I wasn't good at biology. So I scrapped that plan. <laughs> I got to 10th grade. And they were like, biology, cells, DNA, RNA, mitochondria. Not like they can't do it. Yeah. And wanted to write. So I started writing, used to write a lot of poetry, used to keep journals and all sorts of stuff. So I've always had a love for writing. I went to Elon and got my undergraduate, uh, my bachelor's in journalism. So my first semester back from Elon in 2004, um, it was probably, it was in December and, uh, I'm up, I'm upstairs in our, in our house, in our library where the computer is. And I, I was like, Mom, come here. I was like, Mom, I am so tired of people asking me what it's like to be Reggie White's son. I got to tell the same story over and over and over again. I got to go through the, oh, what's it like being Reggie White's son? Do you get everything you want? No, you don't. You get $7 a week. <laughs> right. And I was, I was big balling because I was like, if I save this oh, yeah. by the end of the year, oh, yeah. I will have bankroll whatever seven times 52 is you know <laughs> on top of still not good at math so <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> on top of uh, it's okay i teach your children don't worry i actually he doesn't count is. over 10 on these videos that's right <laughs> <laughs> that's correct <laughs> 10 I don't, hold on hold on side story, side story. <laughs> i was i was teaching a girl a couple of years ago love her to death and uh, you know so but in north carolina you have to be able to count to 100 without making a mistake like verbally by the end of kindergarten, okay? Mm. The the goal is 30 by the end of first quarter, okay? A lot of parents are like, my child can do that. I'm like, no, your child can't because no. I've counted with them. Little Sally doesn't – it throws in the alphabet. <laughs> 14. Were you there? Was it your daughter? <laughs> was it somebody you know? No, one of the kids in her class was like 13, 17, Z. That's exactly what happened. Little Debbie Kate. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. I loved Chick-fil-A it. sauce. I said, Mia – I'm going to count together. She, okay, Mr. White. She already had like a lisp and something else was up. Okay, Mr. White. I was like, all right, great. <laughs> all right, start counting. All right. One, two, and 47. J, X, 99, 100. <laughs> and then she looked at me with just this innocent smile. And I looked at her and I'm like, Passed. this is why you teach. And you want to laugh so hard, but you can't. 
because you don't want to ruin this baby's confidence, sweetheart, you did exactly what I wanted you to do. We're going to work on it again tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Can I go help clean up the class? You do whatever you need to do. Just but here's the thing, though. She could have been she could have been writing like a bank routing number, and you're like, ah, yeah, she just messed this up. I mean, this, we could have found the Ark of the Covenant or something. Don't here. you know I held that girl back? I should have asked her if that was a bank route. <laughs> Poor baby. She's probably going to get older and be like, remember that time you told me I could count to 100, but you were lying? Yeah. Hundred mils. She's like, she's like, <laughs> Chick Fil A blunt. <laughs> she's like diving in gold, like uh, Scrooge McDuck. That's right. <laughs> By the way, the, the entire time that was his bank account, and he didn't even recognize it. <laughs> I saw your checkbook. There you go. I've seen you, con- you compounded interest of seven dollars a week so, for twenty five years. Hey. <laughs> and then there, like, I don't need to go to any business school. I just need to be Elon Musk. <laughs> Speaking of Scrooge McDuck, yeah, he should die. Every time he dives. I know. I know. That but, doesn't make any sense. No. DuckTales. Yeah. Ooh, dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, That's right. Oh, but um, so even even Paper Money would do that. Okay, I watched too much YouTube <laughs> film, film theories. That was a whole – they broke that whole thing down. They're like, here's scientifically why that won't work. Wait, wait. Is, so there's, there's a, a video on how a talking duck doesn't work? Okay, let me introduce you. I'm going to do a plug, and he's probably never going to give me credit. There's this guy named Matt Pat on YouTube that has 10 million followers on each channel. He does game theory and film theory, and he breaks down the science and the math behind all of these different things. So why Thanos actually couldn't snap, you know, if Venom was actually a symbiote. Like, he and oh, Assassin's Creed. You guys played Assassin's Creed? I have, yeah. What's the actual gravity on Assassin's Creed? Could he have dived off and landed into a hay barrel and actually okay. survived? They ended up finding out that the gravity in Assassin's Creed is similar to the gravity on Jupiter. Why I would need to know these things, I don't know. But that show Jeopardy. and some wine is a okay. night. <laughs> I, I can I can combine that. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm so with you. There, but the I'm fact that there's some going. scientific proof right. that there's no talking ducks. Well, so there will probably never me. be a live action DuckTales is what they're saying. Well, Howard uh, the Duck. I'll, how, I'll remember, oh. remember that. Yeah, I do. Oh, stick to the end credit scene, Howard. That's it. That's all we need. <laughs> we are just, you we are just at? trucking through this interview, <laughs> by the way. Okay, so, so, <laughs> so, so uh, let's see. You guys asked me about writing the book. Yes, the okay, book. so it was a week. I came home. I said, I'm tired of everybody asking me. I'm telling the same story over and over again. I'm just going to put it on paper. What do you think? I'm going to mm. write it because I clearly I can I type 90 words a minute. I love typing mm. and I love talking. So just put them together and you have writing. You know, so I just do that. Page number one. Yeah. Two, it's 47 GX. <laughs> explains it's a, the numbering on this book. It's a codex. It's like the Na- Vichy Code. National Treasure has nothing on me. I need to go back and talk to that girl. Maybe I can. Oh, my goodness. So so yeah, I said, what do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, sure. So I started writing the first chapter. I started writing from my earliest, very, very earliest memory, which was not really a memory because I had asked my mother and father where they met and what their first date was. And first date was at a Bojangles. How about it? Yes. First date was at a Bojangles. And it was after my father had continued to tell my mother how many girlfriends he had Mm. because he actually wanted her and he had Mm. no girlfriends. They tried to play that game. Yeah. You know, I wish he would work. He passed on the same level of game to his son because I'm the kind of person that'll go up to a girl and I'd be like, so what do you want to do tonight? I'm like, cuddle. They're like, what? I'm like, I just need some affection. What do you want from him? Six, two, but I'm, you know, um, Weirdly, oddly enough, that those are not two good words. It was 
a week later, my dad passed. Mm. So I went and um, I looked at my mom and I was like, I got to get this book done, huh? Mm. She's like, yeah. So I started just writing it. And then that summer I did an internship for EA Sports. Um, It's in the game. It was terrible. It wasn't terrible because they're a terrible company, even though they are, and I don't mind saying that. <laughs> but they, it just wasn't for me. It was a, it was a good learning experience. I went and I learned a lot about, uh, you know, mo- not motivation, but like taking initiative. I got down there and I expected they were going to give me work for paying me thirteen dollars an hour. They would tell me, direct me. I was nineteen years old. Mm-hmm. They would direct me, hey, we want you to do this, 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 and this. I would do what they asked, and I got it done so fast, and I'm sitting there like. Well, I mean, what do I do now? Yeah. And I'm like, you I'm barely cracking 40 hours a week here because I'm not understanding how this works. Mm-hmm. I know. So, anyway. That's the reason why you got to poop on, <coughs> poop on company time. Right. Or, or bring the frosted flakes that they have in the break room to your computer so you can look like you're working. Oh, I'm working eating yeah. frosted flakes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, great. So, um, so I started working on it that summer and then the, I didn't know when I was going to have it published, um, but when it got announced that he was going to be in the Hall of Fame in 06, I, I ramped it up. So um, the easiest part about that book was just getting all my thoughts on paper. One, it was extremely therapeutic, mm. so therapeutic, because it it reminded me of all the good times that we had. And, you know, I always tell people, because I've moved around enough in my life, I've lived in five states, we moved every six months, every, um, during the off season, we moved back to Maryville, right outside of Knoxville, mm-hmm. Alcoa County. And we would live there for six months during off season while he, you know, trained and we had like 36 acres. And the plan was he had, he was, he wanted everybody close to him. And he's, he had, it was always like that. So he was always having these grandiose ideas of having a compound, you know, <laughs> just, I'm going to, I'm going to build my mother's house here. I'm going to build my wife's parents house here. We're going to have, you know, oh, wow. Jeremy and the kids are going to move back. Like he just had this idea and it, it never actualized, but we were in Tennessee until I was about 11, but we weren't in Tennessee for 11 years. Mm-hmm. We were moved to Jersey. We were right outside of Philly. So we were in Washington township in Jersey. And about 20 minutes away from the stadium, we had to cross the bridge every time we went into Philly. So we just moved every six months. My mother found the private schools that had a Becca Books. So Becca Books was set up. It's a Christian curriculum, but it was set up on days. So it was real easy. I would move, be off mm-hmm. for a couple of days, and then I'd get to the new school, and they'd be on, like, day 102. And I just got done doing day 104, you know, up north. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about it was I didn't realize this until I moved here and started school and went to the same school the whole year. In the South, they start school earlier, and then they get out earlier. Mm-hmm. In the North, they start school later and then get out later. Well, since I started school in the North, I would start in September, and then I would get out May 31st in Tennessee. Oh. I had a full three months. So nice. I used to think summer vacation was three months. <laughs> Remember we moved down here, and I went to the school in 10th grade, and I was here the whole time. And I was like, when does school start? They're like, August 6th. I was like, August m- <laughs> 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 You know, which would have got that far. My dad didn't even let me say shut up to my sister when I was 17. <laughs> shut up. We don't say shut up in this house. I'm 17. <laughs> what are we doing? But um, so that's that's how it came about to do that. And, and crunch time came around in 06, a couple months before he got inducted, my uh, creator writing teacher and my newspaper teacher was um, Amy Hallman she wanted to be called um, oh my goodness Amy oh 
Amy, she won, I think she wanted to be called by her middle name. I'm sorry, Amy. But Miss Hallman is how I remember her. Um, and she edited the book for me. And it was great because originally we were in talks with um, somebody at ESPN. And one of the ladies at ESPN had recommended that we make it a football book. Hmm. And that Jeremy Shap edited it. And we push it like that. So happy that fell through. Hmm. Because she knew me. Because I had been in high school and I went through it yeah. and she was with me for two years. She knew my voice. She knew my writing style. 80, 80, 85% of that book is me. You know, it's, it's, it, you're going to read it. And like now that you've, because I've had a lot of people tell me this, after they've talked to me, they're like, I can hear you in this mm-hmm. from backwards and forwards, you know. And you know, I, I've read some of the Amazon reviews and they're like, oh, it's kind of <laughs> written from a young man's perspective. I was 19, bro. <laughs> like, what do you expect me to do? I just, you know, I'm just writing like I talk. That's it. But, you know, you get older and you realize, you're like, hey, you know, there's a bunch of different writing styles, but everybody gets pigeonholed. It's got to be, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Grisham and Grisham, Grisham, John Grisham mm-hmm. or Stephen King. That dude writes for eight hours a day. You guys know that? Mm-hmm. Eight hours a day. I got a friend of mine who lives near him. No wonder he writes psychotic books. Dude, yeah, that's eight, all I would do. He would go takes crazy. walks and reads. Mm. A guy, uh, there's a guy I know in Florida who's neighbors with him, and he said, I've seen Stephen King walking down the street reading a book. I'm so like, there's no Netflix and chill with him. <laughs> No, I don't think I would want to Netflix and chill with Stephen King. It's not a romantic movie now. What are you going to watch? Friday the 13th? (laughs) (laughs) That new Halloween movie is coming out. You want to watch some Slender Man? (laughs) It's the corniest movie ever, and I was still scared. Um, Anyway. So, yeah, that's how how it came to get started, and I wrote it out. And and the the biggest worry I had through the whole book was that I wasn't going to be able to make a book. Like mm. I, I was, I was typing it out, and I'm looking at Microsoft Word. I'm like, oh, that doesn't fill up a whole page. Yeah, I was like, how does it? <laughs> you know, you write books and books. You write papers in college. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, we need you to write ten pages. Oh, <laughs> ten pages. Font, just, font size twenty two. Right. <laughs> That's how we got started. Wow. So now you get to go tell people about you writing the book instead of like having to. Ask how, how it was growing up. I had a sociology professor who apparently he wanted like a one to two page essay on who we were. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my buddy and I was like, should I just, should I just give him my book? <laughs> should, I just, should I just hand it to him? And I was like, and so I don't, I don't know why it never happened, but I was so looking forward to it. I need you. Oh, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. That's Done. me. I <laughs> went through funny. most of my masters using the same book report from uh, Leonard Sweet, Aqua Church. I used that almost the entire way through, the same one. And I had the same teachers, you know, so it, it was great. <laughs> Is there anything from your, you know, the eye, you know, your eyes at the young age of writing this book into now where you'd maybe have shaped something differently in this book? Ooh, or okay, different perspective? Personal stuff, but uh, hey. It's, yeah, yeah. It's. So when you go through this book, there's going to be a, okay, I'll, I'll just point it out and get and throw, just throw it out there. So mm-hmm. when he was going through a lot of spiritual changes, not spiritual changes, he was going through spiritual growth. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to get me and it came out in the book. It used to get me angry because the more he learned, the more he was one making it harder for me to find a wife mm-hmm. because it used to just be. Oh, he's an ordained Baptist minister. We're not Baptist, and we're non-denominational. We're Christian. 
hey, that has lots of different definitions, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you can meet a, a Christian woman, you know, a good Christian woman, or you know, Christian. You know, it just mm-hmm. there's so many different yeah. definitions. But yeah. where he was taking us, mm-hmm. I was like, you realize no one's going to understand. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to have normal conversations anymore. And when I say mm-hmm. normal conversations, it's Hey, da da da, Noah's Ark, Abraham, yeah, ha- not Habakkuk. Nobody gets into Habakkuk. I read Habakkuk. <laughs> no, remember Ruth uh, on, you know, and all the just the stories, right? Mm-hmm. The stories you just grow up on if you've been in the church at all, and all the Bible stories and um, <clears throat> Adventures in Odyssey and Veggie Tales, you know, all the feel good stuff, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> the Veggie Tales. We're slushy. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, all that, you're making it more difficult because now I actually understand. The deeper meaning, because he was going, he would he'd study for eight hours a day. Mm. He studied for eight hours a day and take a break and go eat lunch and come back down. And every day it was something. Hey, did you know this? Hey, did you know this? Hey, did you know this? You know, if he could have, he probably would have taken one of his codexes <laughs> and walked down the street and been like, and then probably would have called me and said, Jeremy, trivia question. What do you think the armor of God is? Dad? Oh, man. Okay. So you probably want me to say. <laughs> but I know, you know. But looking back on it now, like I'm reading it, like I was, I've always been a man of conviction. Mm-hmm. And that's why like, I've never lied to my parents. You know, they used to ask me, did you do this? I would tell them myself all sorts of stuff. I was the, the sibling who never got away with anything. I think there's been something in my life that if I did decide to smoke that Chick-fil-A blunt, the cops mm-hmm. would bust through here and be like, <laughs> are you Jeremy White smoking that Chick-fil-A blunt? No. <laughs> First time I smoked the blunt, I get caught and pulled yeah. over and then and, and go to jail for 10 years. That's yeah. been my life. That, like, that's I, how my dad raised me, too. Like, if one one mess up, you're out. And you're out. And But the thing is, though, it's been true. Like, okay, real quick story. Okay. Just behind the scenes. Uh, just just behind the scenes, right. I, I don't think I've ever told – I've never told the story on radio. Not a bad story, but this is just the epitome, uh, epitome of hyperbole. This is breaking news. Yeah, right. I stole that from Brian Regan, epitome <laughs> of hyperbole. Um, anyway, so I had the license where you couldn't drive after nine, mm-hmm. right? That probationary mm-hmm. license. But there was a teen club across town, and I want to go dancing. You know, I want to go out. Um, so we go, me and my friend go, and then we're on our way back home. It's probably – you know, 12 o'clock at night, and there's a checkpoint. Uh-oh. Mm. I haven't been drinking, mm-hmm. but there's a checkpoint, and my license says 9 o'clock. I start freaking out like I had smoked a blunt, like I was piss drunk, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like I had you care, a, an a unmentionable pounds. person in my back seat <laughs> sure. that I was paying for something. Like, I, all of that. just And I'm, I'm like hyperventilating. While, meanwhile, my friend is on the phone with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's cussing me out because she thinks we're together. I'm like, no, we're not. Da, da, da. Like, I, I got to deal with this cop thing real quick. And the guy blows me over. I'm like, he's like, how you doing tonight? I'm like, <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you have a great night. And I was like, <gasps> never drove after nine again. Mm-hmm. Like just it just this stuff happened. But as far as perspective, there was a lot of things I held strong convictions on that I've just life has just shown me. Hey, you you can have those strong convictions, but I'm going to need you not to use um, any sort of regret as a guilt trip. Mm. Like don't don't take your regret or don't take your learning experiences as guilt trips because I I'll beat myself up for the you know the smallest things that other people be like don't worry about I'm like no you don't understand (laughs) this is me I can't not that I was trying to prove anything to anybody but just the amount of pressure I put on myself because it was I'm the only son I'm the oldest one Mm -hmm. and he constantly said you're representing me. 
mm-hmm. if you go out and and there were there were parties I did not go to in high school. My buddy was like, "Why don't you go to this party?" I was like, "Let there be some alcohol at that party. What's going to happen in the front page the next day?" Mm-hmm. Reggie White's son was at a at a mm-hmm. party with alcohol. Probably wouldn't have happened, but it's just things that yeah. I thought about, you know. Or even like I remember when I got uh, a car, I wanted, I knew I wanted a not a two seater. There's a story behind that, but I wanted to be able to take friends home like if they were dd and i was like oh and i will never get pulled over for dd because it will be reggie my son at elon university got pulled over for drunk driving you know and and i mm-hmm. and i and i hate so to stop say it right like, there though yeah. imagine how much has changed in the last 20 years or 15 years where you know kids of celebrities if they get caught doing that their social media profiles explode mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying i yeah. mean it, all of a sudden they go from 500,000 followers to 5 million just yeah. because of something like that and the thing is i had i had part of me regretted not playing sports and using my name and possibly having any sort of athletic ability to be able to do that because i knew how to act Hmm. And it would have been, I would have been able to break through and they'd have been like, well, this guy, wow, look, look what he's doing. Like, you look at what, who was that LaMelo ball who got in a fight? Mm. No. Why? Why? Mm. Why are you doing that? You're, you're a ball. You can, you yeah. can do, you, you realize what's going to be afforded to you because you're a ball. You might not even be that good, but your dad is backing you up and building your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't yeah. mess it up. Yeah. Because that the brand now is like trust and it's what was the dude who um who tweeted it was like eight years ago. He was the Steelers running back and he tweeted that he didn't believe that the Twin Towers came down by the airplanes and then champs dropped him hmm. the yeah. next day. Yeah. That was the early on. And like people still aren't learning. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I've had this figured out at ten. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, right. I knew You're right. I knew how to like I had because we had we in so many different kinds of circles. I've probably been in, if not touched, forty five of the fifty states. The circles mm-hmm. that we rolled in, my mother and father took us everywhere. So even when there weren't kids and we were at an adult business meeting or an adult outing, we had to know how to act. Yeah. You know, and so it was it was constantly kind of like when I said when I lived in Japan, how everybody's kind of watching you. That's how I felt. Yeah. I didn't have the prestige of like, you know, the Jacksons and the Jordans and things like that. But it was enough to get it from both angles. If you didn't know him from football, you knew him as a Christian. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure which one I wanted you to know him for. Because mm-hmm. that had been especially because we were going to church. Oh, that's Jeremy White. That's doing the church. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I can't. Even when I got older, people were like, man, I, I had one of my friends this summer. She was like, man, I know you had to mack on some chicks in high school. I was like, do you forget who you're talking to? I was like, there ain't no way. I was scared that the first time I would put it in, there would have been a baby and I had AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how we were taught. With a double wrap condom. We yeah, yeah. But not only that, though, your dad would be laying some hands on you and speaking in tongues. I mean, it was, uh, oh, you know, there was, there was a, it was, it was a good story. It was a good story. I was 15 years old. I liked this girl named Kelly. Okay. Kelly, if Kapowski. you're listening, <laughs> Kapowski, right? <laughs> Kelly, if you're listening, you probably didn't know I liked you. I mean, we did Aww. cuddle at the movies. But so. If you're single and ready to mingle. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Oh, there you go, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm put it out there. I'm recently, I'm, I'm, me, and, me and my wife had a had a mutual agreement. I'm actually recently separated, so oh, I yeah. am single now. You know? And ready to mingle. Hey, yeah, ready, exactly, <laughs> ready to mingle. So, no, I like this girl named Kelly, and I remember I came home, and, and at, at 15 years old, I never made out with a girl, mm. and I was like, Mom, you know what? Uh, I think you know what? Uh, mm. And she's like. Let's talk to your dad about it. I was like, what? <laughs> How did this go to code What red? did you do? <laughs> this She's, escalated quickly. It, 
it was that quick. Yeah. He walked in. You would have thought, I'm sorry. You would have thought I came home and told him not only had I gotten two girls pregnant, but I had gotten four girls pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) It was, he hit the roof. I was like, and at that point, that was like the first time in my life. I was like 15. I was like, dad. But I know you weren't a virgin before you got me. <laughs> like, why are you throwing this oh. on me? You know, so I don't know. It's just going back and looking at it and, and kind of reading some of the words I wrote. I'm not as hard on myself anymore. I'm not like I still have strong um, convictions and feelings about certain topics. But I I don't want to say I've become more open minded because that that I was always open minded. It's just now I'm just even well, like even. Recently, I'm about to be a statistic with a divorce. Like, even just not that I'd look down on people who had divorces, yeah, but, but just to go through life, you know, yeah, and yeah. be a 32-year-old man and have experienced some stuff. It's like, you know what? We are all in this thing together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one of the, the things that frustrates me about religion and church, and we've talked mm-hmm. about this many times, is just we've we, we've looked at – Look down on people, mm-hmm. and we got to realize we're all in the same boat. Right, like we're all equal. None right. of us are any better. Mm-hmm. So, no, I understand. Yeah, yeah I could, I could, oh, we could talk for <laughs> hours about that because because <laughs> a lot of it in there was a lot of anger coming stemming from um, what the churches that he trusted what they did to him. Mm-hmm. They they completely um, made him an outcast. A, a buddy of mine actually up in Green Bay, KGB Kabir Bajabia Miller, mm-hmm. going through the same thing. He's trying to get closer to God, and that community has completely turned their back on him and excised him from the church. Where they, you know, he had said, I'm trying to get closer to God. Here's what I'm studying. Would you be down with it? And they go, No, no, you you must be part of what Reggie was doing. And because there was a a pastor up there, I'd call him by name. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) He said, he, He told his congregation, Reggie's having a cult meeting. When we were having Bible study in oh, Green wow. Bay. Oh yeah, yeah. So and it was and it was wild too that's because called spirit, they, that's called spiritual maturity, or maybe that's not called it. <laughs> no, no. Like yeah, it's <laughs> just, it was it was cra- it was crazy though because the thing was you know I had had resentment against my dad because I thought he I thought he was initiating conversations and then looking down on other people who weren't learning what he was learning. Mm-hmm. And he sat me down. He said no. He said every person has asked me what I'm doing. I tell them and they get in their feelings. Mm. And I was like. I went back in my memory. I was like, you're right. He asked you, he asked you, he asked you, and they just didn't like what you had to say. And the funny thing was, I always told people, if you were starting from the premise of we both believe in this book, mm-hmm. oh, there were people who were mad at my dad because they couldn't hold a candle to what he was saying. Yeah. It was He just yeah. he hit him from every angle, right. and they, they were like, it got to the point where they were like, well, we just don't like what you're saying. That's against what we believe in our tradition, even though he literally walked them through. Let me show you why this isn't even close. And he and there were some people he trusted and asked. He said, did you know this? And they looked him dead in the face. I said, yeah, we knew that. But if we preach that to our congregation, we're not going to have a congregation anymore, mm. Reggie. We can't do that. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, we just went yeah. to a deep spot here. But no, no, after no. our Chick-fil-A but, draft. You know, that's, even cha- <laughs> that's even changed a lot in the last 15 years, though. You know, where you have more and more congregations who are more open to – uh, the cha- I wouldn't say changing times or anything like that, but but we're not so stuck in that being comfortable in that traditionalism that we right. grew up in. Because yeah. I mean, I, right. both of us grew up in very religious homes. I mean, same topics you know you have with your father, have with my father. I mean, you know, my I I, I would have probably been better going off in my house going, you know, I got something to tell you. I don't believe Jesus is the, the Son of God. Mm. 
No, I'm just kidding. I got a girl pregnant. That would, that would probably be the better of the two. You know? That's how you drop a bomb with my parents. So. You know what? That could, I should have done that. Hey, Dad, I don't believe in Jesus. What? I want to kiss a girl. Oh, okay. <laughs> we escaped that grenade. Oh, man. Like for like three hours. I don't know what it's going to lead to after that, but you know, we're, just, we're just exploring right now. But you do believe Jesus. Yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, yeah, yeah. that was one thing. He never wavered on that. And that was the weird thing about it was as far as it went. And even he studied under a guy named Nehemiah Gordon, who um, is straight Old Testament. And he does not believe in the New Testament, but Nehemiah knows his stuff. And Nehemiah did not believe Jesus was the Messiah. But my dad was still like, that doesn't mean I can't learn from you. Oh, yeah. And oh, it was yeah. it was it was wild because Nehemiah lived with us for a while. And actually to introduce my dad to South Park. <laughs> <laughs> And that's when I kind of knew what was like tides were changing because my dad was like, Jeremy, did you watch the Mormon episode? I was like, Father, you wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons. What are you doing? <laughs> Dude, Sesame Street was hardcore. <laughs> couldn't watch the Smurfs because there was magic in it. That's right. Yeah, I, same, same here. Yeah, same oh, wow. He-Man, he the power of Grace Call. Oh, oh, there, yeah. There's a story in the book where I went over somebody else's house and they didn't, the, the mother did not believe that I would, you know, stay where I was. I was mm -hmm. four. Mm -hmm. And she goes, Jeremy, come on, you know, we'll watch Smurfs. And I, I literally I took my hands, put them over my eyes. I said, no, Miss Mary, I can't. My dad said, I can't watch the Smurfs. Please don't put it on. And, and she told my mom, and my mom was like, I'm so proud of him. I was four years old. So, yeah, when I say it's been around for a while, you know, wow. that conviction's been there for a long time. Oh, yeah. Trust me, I had to, every summer, I had to go burn my CDs of secular music. <sighs> Get right, get right. My dad listened. He he wanted to. Okay, I'm jumping around here. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. So he got me up. Okay, all right. I got to start from the beginning on this story. So I came home from a basketball game. We had just lost after going 7 0. It was a wreck basketball league, and we were 7 and 1 now. I was pissed. I knocked over a chair, then apologized, you know, <laughs> and got home, and he had taken this garage cover floor mat like the, the ones that are just the floor mats you're not supposed to bring them in the house mm. and he covered this car and he took a dry erase marker and just so sloppily wrote Elon here we come right and I'm like if that car is what I think it is I'm so mad at him because I didn't like draw attention to myself mm. pulls off the top it's a Chevy SSR a mm. yellow one mm -hmm. okay <laughs> and he says to me you like it and I'm like you know exactly what I'm thinking first of all you know I don't like to flaunt I wear the same shoes, stretch them out. I wore Fila's for two years. My mom was like, you need some new shoes. I was like, no, these are good. And I, you know, <laughs> and I don't like draw attention to myself. He said, bet you won't drive it to school tomorrow. I was like, what is going on? Drove it to school tomorrow, got all the attention. People with $40,000 rims on their cars at Hopewell at the time. And they were looking at me. I'm like, oh, he worked me for two weeks. Jeremy, I know you really wanted the Escalade. We can get it. But there's, here's the kicker. He knew I didn't want him to spend lots of money on a car, so he added, you know we already get the discount because I own the dealership and the rebates are awesome. <laughs> I'm like, well, if the rebates are awesome and we're already getting a discount, then it's probably, and I'm doing you know, my mental math. Right. There. It's financial sense, according hey, to Dave, it, Dave Ramsey. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's like, so he's working me over two weeks, and I'm like, no, I don't want to see him on a pre-show. I want to see him on a pre-show. I want to see him on a pre-show. I was like, Dad, you know, if you're going to get it, I'll, I'll take it. He kept the SSR. Mm. The whole plan was Smart he knew move. had he, he asked my the mother. SSR. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. That's smooth. He well would, done. She would never have let him have it, so he bought it for me knowing I didn't want to flaunt, mm-hmm. and then worked me over for two weeks to keep it that way. Well done. Oh yeah, it was. It well was done. Smooth. Super executed. And I actually found out after my dad passed, he had always wanted a Bentley, mm. and my mother always said no. Obviously, cars are terrible investment. Kids, cars are terrible investments. Don't if you make your first million, don't go buy a car. If you're going to buy a car, like buy a Civic, right. save That's gas. Right. Yeah, and they have great crash ratings too. Yeah, it just, my mother wanted me to Volvo. I was like, wow, those are ugliest cars ever. Boxy, but good. Yeah, yeah. So okay, I feel like I have gone off the rails. Chick fil A yeah, sauce. Yeah. Where are we at? Uh, I do have one question. Um, when I was growing up, I remember just watching your dad and just like admiring just the stand that he took for, for Jesus. And, mm-hmm. um, wow, just, just a huge hero of the faith. Um, and then one of my friends was the biggest Packers fan. Mm-hmm. And so I, I reached out to him this week. And, and so this is a shout out that Tommy had, okay. um, who did Reggie play with or against that influenced his faith the most? Oh my goodness. That's a Sarah white question. With or against that influence his faith. As far back as my memory can go, I always thought he was the only one ministering in the whole locker room. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking about it, because he helped Randall Cunningham, I know. He helped Chris Carter a lot. He's like, Lars Taylor, mm-hmm. don't be like that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I got older and found out some stuff about Lars Taylor. I was like, wow. You know, it's just like a, it's just, Lars Taylor just ran 20 yards sniffing the line. Huh? Like, it's just, <laughs> I used to always hear people make jokes like that. I'm like, what white line? What? My last name's White. I'm Jeremy White. Yep. And, you know, I was like, what is going on? You guys hear the story about him in draft night? He had like 60 cores lights the night he got drafted. He doesn't even remember getting drafted. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's pre-gaming it. Yeah, he's like, like, he's like, his own draft. <laughs> that's, that's things I wish I could have done. Yeah. Sure, yeah. 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 That, that wouldn't have turned out. But uh, he turned out fine. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> um, you know, gosh, that he played with. Okay, there was a. He didn't play with him, but I do know down in Tennessee there was. A, you know, the his uh, our church that burned down in '98. I think it was. Um, there's a guy named Jerry Upton was his pastor. I know he influenced him a lot. Mm. What's actually really interesting about Mr. Upton is that after my dad started getting into Torah and started to break roots, he went back to visit Jerry years later, and they were talking, and Jerry said, I'm getting in the same thing. And mm. I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I mm. keep hearing that from people that he played with. That's a Sarah White question. I will, you know, I'm going to. Go do some research on that, and I will let you know, and you can put it down in the description. No problem. <laughs> oh, man. Cool. Um, yeah, so what are some f- favorite memories? You, you, like, you talk a lot about, like, you know, your dad coming down on you, but what are some of the things that just really brings joy to your heart? He used to do imitations all the time. <laughs> um, when I was really young, he, you know, used to pick me up, throw me on the bed. Um, you know, those times when I was really young and I'd just sit on his back and I'd just like, oh my gosh, he's such a big man and just like hit his back and see if he felt it and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, he, he was a, he was a practical joker a lot. I really feel like this is why I'm scared of the dark. <laughs> Hear me out. I'm not scared of the dark. I'm scared of things that come out of the dark. Mm. I still haven't had anybody justify why this is a bad thing because you don't know what's in the dark. That's why it's dark. Right. Mm. And so I'm really scared of like jump scares and stuff. So like, that's why I can't go see scary. I can go see thrillers. Like Mm -hmm. I love the Saw franchise, but I can't see things that have jump scares. Like Mm -hmm. a friend of mine said, you want to go see Slenderman? I'm like, (sighs) 
Uh, and it was a terrible movie, and it was really corny, but I was still, it took me two nights to be able to walk around my own house and not let my huge 100-pound dog in and say, please come upstairs with me. You know, like, <laughs> hey, so, look, I'm, I'm 41 years old, and I still think I have to have a sheet covering my body at night, because because if I poke my foot out, there might be something that grabs me in the night. Thank you. Thank you. I will be hot. Before I will That's be right. scared. I, I, will, I will sweat. <laughs> I will say before I will be scared. My alarm's on. No one's breaking into my house, nor have they ever. I have no justification for this, but the Golden Freddy from Five Nights at Freddy's mm. might just be staring at me mm. with those really small white eyes that are barely able to be made out only if you stare hard enough. It's like, so um, he, you know, he would come around the corner and scare me mm. and a bunch of times. Um, there would, and then he was always like the one dropping the terrible dad jokes, oh, yeah. like oh. over and over again. And so all yeah. my friends, you know, ones who follow football or not, it didn't matter when they would drive home. Oh, your dad's hilarious. I'm like, and when I was younger, I was like, yeah, he is. I'm 17. I'm like, dude, <laughs> he's been literally telling the same joke. He used to do impersonations of Muhammad Ali and Rodney Dangerfield and, <laughs> and now it's not cool to say because of what happened but he did a mean Bill Cosby all the time <laughs> all the time there's a whole other meaning to jello pudding but he always did the jello pudding you know actually just, did, did, it just and he did Hulk Hogan let me tell you something brother when these pythons come down on you brother you're not gonna know what hit you hit them with the hot macho man oh yeah so we're gonna do this and it was before the Slim Jim brother and we came down and we had the tassels on our body biceps and sting didn't know what was gonna come after him now <laughs> the greatest part about it that's exactly how randy savage actually sounds in real life oh yeah <laughs> my dad was a kid in the can he loved wrestling me and him used to watch wcw monday night nitro it was the only night of the week school night that i got to stay up till nine o'clock 7 30 was bedtime Ooh, wow yeah <laughs> holy I, cow I, there's kids i teach now i'm like the time you go to bed they're like eight when we pass out? Exactly. Yeah. Parents, mm -hmm. get your children a schedule. <laughs> That's right. Let me tell you why. It helps me. <laughs> Selfishly, this I, is... I just... I, but it's so much better for behavior, and I'm going to teach a rant. Put your kids to bed. That's right. Little Geppetto doesn't need that sugar rush at it 7 o'clock at night. It doesn't make any... So uh, we had ice cream last night. Was the sun down? Yes. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> But yeah, we we had to go to bed at, at, at it was we stayed up until nine o'clock. WCW has nothing on even even old school WWF, which I love. WCW mm. was a different animal because it was all those scorn people from WWF having their new names because they didn't have the rights to their old names and yep. just really tearing down with it. Oh, this is a great story. That's a, thank you, sir. So share it. So <laughs> thank share, you, sir. So yeah. So, so I wasn't alive. Well, I was alive for this. I don't remember. This is a good story though. So um. The Eagles' wives were, if you know anything about Philly fans, obviously. Crazy. Right? Exactly. Beat up just like the roads there. That, <laughs> the only thing I know about Philly is that's where we Will Smith's from, from West Philadelphia. Well, Ma Maj Sheree, her friend. Um, in the, the playground show. where he spent most of his days? Most of his days. Was right. he chilling? Just relaxing. Shooting Max some and all cool? Yeah. Shooting some b-ball out by the school. Was he reading a Stephen King novel up to no good? <laughs> <laughs> Walking around in this neighborhood? Um so there's there's fights. <laughs> the Philly wives stuck by each other like nobody's business. And this is late 80s. So if you thought that uh, gangrene defense was nasty, mm. 
if you put the gangrene defense against their wives and girlfriends, mm. it didn't hold a candle. So apparently, I, I, I tell this story with reserve because I'm not sure who it was. And I remember I was trying to tell it to somebody like around when people were when everybody came to the house after my dad passed away. OK, it, it, one of my some of my best memories are when everybody I've ever known was in the same spot because mm. they never they were never going to meet each other. Yeah. And I got to introduce people from New Jersey, Tennessee, to Wisconsin. Wow. I'm having a ball. And yeah. I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, but my father's dead. Why am I? Guys, look. And I'm like, <laughs> it was the weirdest. It was the weirdest juxtaposition of my life. But I was I was genuinely like happy to be around everybody. So I was telling this story and my mother goes, shh. And I was like, mm. what? She goes, that story the wife is actually here, the one who did this. So here's the story. Mm. <laughs> so all the Philly wives sat in the same section. Okay. I don't know who it was. And if I did, I wouldn't say. But one of the players put their wife and their side piece in the same oh, section. No. Wife knew about the side piece. Oh, no. Went and approached the side piece. Oh, no. Side piece got thrown down the stairs. My mother apparently was holding me at six months Six months years old. That's the second time I've said that. <laughs> she was holding me, and apparently she got a punch in. Mm. Ooh. Everybody took a turn punching who came down the stairs. <laughs> and I look at my mother, because when I first heard this story, I look at my mom. And my mom's from Cleveland. And she looks at me, and I'm like, that was that Cleveland coming back out in you, wasn't it? Mm. But, in Kentucky, yeah. we call that the 606 coming out. <laughs> It was wild, but like that was that was it was it was little stories like that, and then like I know like I remember my dad called me one time. He would just he just he was really really silly, and that's what like a lot of people never got to see that side. Mm-hmm. They saw the super dedicated to God side. Mm-hmm. They saw the man beast on the field who could chuck people with his pinky, <laughs> but didn't understand that when he came home. He would just, I mean, he would, when he tore his hamstring, the reason he knew he was okay to play in the next game is because he was playing around with us and me and my sister and saying, my hamstring feels good. I'm Mm going to call my trainer. But he, you know, he did the best he could with what he had. He didn't have a dad growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, I know my granddad, but my granddad wasn't there for him. So the fact that he turned out to be as affectionate even as he was is, in my mind, kind of a modern-day miracle. Mm. Because he always – every time I cried, he never, like, hit me in chest and was like, man up. Mm. Never. I mean, I remember I remember it was maybe a year after the Super Bowl, he was able to buy our whole family rings. So not only did he get one, he was able to buy one for us. And one of my friends who I just met, he goes, you think I can never see a Super Bowl ring? I was like, it's in a vault. No. And I just <laughs> met you. No. So mine, mine is in there, too. And he was able to get one for my sister and one for my mom. Nice. And I remember getting it and me being Jeremy White and feeling my little convictions. I'm almost 12, and I'm like, I didn't earn this. Like, you've been talking about you want to do this. I see you busting your behind outside in Tennessee for three hours a day. I've seen you thrown up. I've seen you, you put in work every day. You wake up at 5 a.m., you know, all this stuff. You 17 years. That was not counting college. That was counting USFL. I'm like, you've been working your whole life for this. I'm like, I'm 12 years old. I'm tired of people thinking I get everything I want anyway, and now I have Super Bowl ring. What did I do to exactly earn <laughs> yeah. this? You know, what awareness. I miss awareness to have at yeah. that age, too. It just, oh, and, yeah. I, and so I started crying. 
And and my dad and mom came in the room. They're like, what is wrong? I was like, I didn't do anything to earn this. Mm. And they sat me down. They're like, do you listen to us? I was like, yeah, but I'm supposed to. Can Adam listens to his mom. He doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. You know, my best friend. You know, and they're like, are you, do you, you know, do you try to do what God wants you to do? Yes. Do you do your best in school? Yeah, I get straight A's. That's why I get video game coupons, you know, and stuff like that. That's what I'd save him and all this stuff. And he, and, and I don't, I don't, and he started crying with me. And I looked at him and I'm like, wait, like, why are you crying? And he was just happy that I had that thing. But he wasn't scared to show his emotion around me. He, you know, never, like I said, never told me to man up. He kissed me until he kissed me on cheek till I was 14 because he always used to get in the pulpit and say, there's a statistic, dads stop kissing their sons after six. Hmm. Like, and he's like, we're raising, you know, a generation of men and we won't even, you know. Uh, my dad still kisses me on oh, the yeah. Cheek. Every time I see dad, we, we hug and kiss. Yeah, and it's just, there's a, there's a, there's a, it's being lost yeah. and it, it's it's yeah. kind of it, it i can see it every day because when i teach mm. i'm like that unicorn they're like oh you're in education yeah i'm in education oh are you teaching high school middle school no are you principal no i teach kindergarten oh mm. <laughs> you teach kindergarten i tell you what if i was okay with just like you know picking up anybody mm-hmm. that's all mm-hmm. i gotta say yeah <laughs> get a cute puppy tell people you teach kindergarten oh yeah that's gotta, that's gotta never be. have a lonely night <laughs> just, <laughs> just put it out there like what do you do I teach kids oh your tinder oh. profile like yeah like it, <laughs> just, just a sign of a kindergarten teacher <laughs> i care you know but it's just but, but the thing i don't know whether to be proud to hear it or to be a little sad everybody's like oh we need more males in kindergarten oh it's so wonderful what you do i it, people used to come in my kindergarten I love coming in your room because all the kids give me hugs like I had there was teachers I taught with that were just like oh no 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 I don't let the kids hug me I was like oh come here you know, you just, <laughs> I have kids asking for permission now like Miss White can I come give you a hug <laughs> only if I can give you one no, was, but, not that cheesy but but yeah so I just that, that was the thing with him he was never he and he pushed me towards what I wanted to do I, I know mm. me and my cousin had a conversation he said you know I know your dad let you do what you were passionate about. He's like, when you played sports, there was a part of him that was really happy, but he still wanted you to, if that's what you wanted to do, you were going to do it. Because when I wanted to be a veterinarian, <laughs> he told me he was going to open my own practice. And then I had the Super Bowl ring in motion, which was, I didn't work for this. I can't just come out of college and own a practice. Right. And then when I told him I wanted to be a journalist, he said, you know what? We should make a Sackman magazine together. I'll start a magazine with you. I was like, we're only going to have six months of content, you know. <laughs> and then when uh, and I'm sure and that's the thing that actually took me overseas and took me into what I'm doing now is like it. It's one of those things when when a tragedy happens, especially with a death. People are like, what do I do now? And I tell them, what would they have wanted you to do? Hmm. Like, you're not yeah. going to... A friend of mine who is still struggling with their grandmother's death, they passed in 2013. And wow. me and them just regularly talk. And I'm like, what would she have wanted you to do? Hmm. Well, I can't be her. She's not asking you to be her. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not my father. Hmm. You know, it's not... And if I, if I had decided that that's who I was going to be... You know, I, there's a great book that I recommend to all your listeners. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we do editing, but this is the name of the book. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F***. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Actually, I saw that uh, on uh, Amazon Top List the other day. I oh, tell yeah. you what. I'm telling you. This is not hyper- hyperbole. It is books that have shaped my life up to this point. The Bible and The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F***. 
I listened to that book, and that had it had it said, um, you know, if we measure our success on certain factors, there are people who decide what success looks like, so they're never going to be like at peace. And the example he gave was, he said there was this guy who was in a rock band, and they ended up cutting him from the rock band. The rock band went over to sell, you know, like half a billion copies. He did well for himself. He ended up selling like hundreds of millions. Um, but he was measuring his success on the band he got cut from rather than the band mm. that he made. Mm. The band he got cut from was Metallica. Mm. And so I don't know the guy who was, but he started his own thing and he did really well for himself. But he, they asked him, are you, do you feel like you're successful? And he was like, no. And he was, you know, he felt terrible. Whereas there was another guy who got replaced and that band went on to be, you know, arguably the best band that has ever existed in the Beatles. Mm. And that guy who got mm. cut, I think the original drummer, who they replaced with, I don't, this is the story. He just ended up being a family man. And they asked him, do you feel successful? He said, yeah. I got mm. a wife. I got a kid. I'm supposed to be. I'm so happy. Yeah. And they were like, you just, you know, and there's a lot of other more subtle differences in that book. It You think you know what's going to happen by the title, but it's really about one of those things of, one, you need to recognize your own mortality, mm-hmm. which is something I'm coming to grips with, and that's why I'm like, taking more chances with things I want to do in life because I'm like you have to chase your joy you don't have tomorrow to chase your joy you got to chase your joy today because the worst that can happen like even with Estelle and Gustav I think I've sold 35 copies like but I got two books like and I did it you know I did (laughs) it and it might not be nationally reviewed or anything like that but I did it because of what I wanted to do and they were like you know too many people don't do what they want to do because we live in a world of extremes you either Mm -hmm. see the extreme success or you you see the extreme failure you either see the Kardashians or you see somebody who's got their house torn up by Florence Mm -hmm. you never see best quotes don't compare your um don't compare your behind the scenes to somebody's highlight reel. Mm, yeah. it, we do that so often, and we're like, "Oh, that that can't be me." But then I get mad at society and social media, and I'm yeah. like, "But you're then you get mad at people for succeeding in something that seems so stupid." You know, that's right. And yeah. they're like, "But it, everybody, how many people have you talked to? They're like, I had that same idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I would have just right. done that." And I'm like, "So why didn't you? Well, you know, I had a kid, and I yeah. had this, and you know, my wife left me. Or I, did I was still working at Chick Fil A. I was still working at Chick Fil A, and, and this sauce. guy asked for eight sauces for eight nuggets, <laughs> and you just know? blew my mind. And just, and it's just like, and especially now with the internet, you really don't have an excuse not to go after your passion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no excuse, and this is not, you know, it's somebody speaking from an ivory tower. Like you've always had it good. I, I can get lumped into stuff, and like you don't know what it's like. No, I can give you an example of um, plenty of people who were in my situation that didn't turn out oh, like yeah. me. And that's yeah. probably the yeah. the greater statistic on that, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, and I and I hate to name names because this is tragic, but I was friends with Andy Reid's son. Hmm. You know, hmm. I knew him. We would see each other in the locker room all the time. When I heard about what happened to him, I broke up. Right. You know, I was like, dude, you know, what? Dude, why? why? Right. Or Dungy son. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. what in the world? You know, and it's like everybody's got their own struggles and excuses where they could go yeah. with stuff, but it just, it, like I said, we're all in this together. Kind yeah. of, you know, it's just go after your passion. You don't got, you don't, you don't. Mm. I think one important thing from this also is just that, you know, people may have called Reggie one of the greatest players of all time, mm. or Hall of Famer, or whatever, great minister, but you called him dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, I, I kind of just, I, I'll be honest with you, after, I, after we quit this, I'll probably call my dad. <laughs> I mean, you know, <laughs> right. just because that's that person there that we didn't, you know, us sitting on a TV never got to see that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the, yeah. and that's really what the most important part is. I mean, not this entertainment thing, not this, right. the millions of dollars or whatever. I mean, it, none of this outside, flu- I mean, he influenced you and your sister. Mm-hmm. And, and in turn, you're influencing new generations now. So, and it's wild because he actually got in his feelings because I'm a diehard Cowboy fan. Breaking news. <laughs> so he got in his feelings. Emmitt Smith was my favorite player growing up. It wasn't Reggie White. It was Emmitt Smith. You get a perspective that none of us have ever seen. If we if we roll back the curtain on the NFL, mm-hmm. what are we going to see? Behind the scenes. A company that does not care about the people who built it. Uh, mm. At all. What John Mackey had to go through to get what he got was an atrocity for every what Bart Starr has to go through right now and what um, look my mom keeps stuff so close to the vest you guys hear about the petition that she signed with Eric Dickerson two Mm -hmm. weeks ago it was like and the funny thing was a buddy of mine who's a fan who was a fan he said Oh, I heard about your mom signing that thing with Eric Dickerson for the the, uh, Hall of Fame players to get um, benefits. Oh, the the ring, too. You know about that. I know about it. Yeah. you That (laughs) right there. You (laughs) want to talk about a sore subject? I didn't need to do it. No. Let me me go back on this. So two things. If you pull back the curtain, right? One, the people who fought for it the most are not reaping any of the benefits. Hmm. Okay, let's go back. Jeremy, your dad got a $16 million contract, and he was the third highest paid player in the league. It was a $16 million five-year, non-guaranteed, incentive-laden, maxed-out contract. Mm. 16, I told my mother, I was like, every time I say 16, she's like, 16? She's like, you know, most of that was incentives. Most of that was incentives. Uncle Sam was going to take 40, mm-hmm. <laughs> period. Not saying it was not still a lot of money. I still think... We're not going to talk about taxes. I still think, but people are like, $40 million, I was like, 22, you know, or something like people say that. And I'm like, it's still 22. I'm like, you'd be mad if somebody took 18. You know? Don't get me started on taxes. I just, I just, that's a, that's another topic for another day. And it's right. going to sound, make me sound like a whiny rich kid. No, it's no. not that. I'm just like, dude, you wouldn't uh, want, if you had a, if somebody told you you got a hundred mm-hmm. and then somebody else came in and said, I'm taking 48. You're oh, just, yeah. that's, oh, well, okay, that's fine. But hold on, what if you didn't file that $48 correctly? We had to come back and, and take a few extra dollars. Oh, mm-hmm. now you're talking, what was his name? Um, oh, God, not, oh, God, what's his name from the, uh, Wesley Snipes. So, <laughs> so, okay, pull back the curtain on the NFL. So she actually signed something for player benefits, and there's there's not enough, one, there's not enough health care. Like, just health care. I'm not asking, I don't know if it's necessarily being asked for, like, a pension, but if there ever needed to be a pension for a select group of players, that's mm-hmm. it. Especially them with the, you know, not having the right helmets and how hard they used to hit each other. And just yeah. like, can like you imagine? The new documentary about Seau, Junior Seau, just came out. I haven't seen it yet. Like, mm-hmm. It's just stuff like that. And you guys got built on the back of gladiators. Yeah. And you're not, and you're, you make, and this was, that this was the statistic when I was 18. The NFL made $7 billion a year in profit. When I was wow. 18, I, it's got to be 
almost double that now. It's got to be with fantasy football and them having a cut of everything. It's got to be something. And I actually heard it on the radio a couple uh, this morning. um, Shout out to Morning Men on Sirius XM. because I call in and I love that radio station. They're a national <laughs> radio station and it feels like talking to you guys. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm a national. But anyway, they actually pointed out they're like, the players' union's doing a disservice too. Because if they wanted this, mm-hmm. they could fight for it. Mm-hmm. And they haven't. So there's a disconnect somewhere. The players' yeah. union wants to make it the NFL's fault. The NFL wants to deflect and so they hire Nike to do what they did. That's my conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and everybody's sitting here just deflect, deflect, deflect when really it's, well, they met, you know, they played for however many years. They made millions of dollars they should have invested. We're even going beyond that. Even if you did you should still be able to have the rights afforded to you by the company saying they're going to provide for you, especially when you, mm-hmm. you know, said so. Yeah. When my father passed away, my mother lost her health insurance. Mm. Wow. That was it. Like, it was it. Was it. And she's, it, it, it was just dirty. How in the world did I know they dropped? I was like, okay. So mm. imagine, I don't often, you know, say, oh, but it's Reggie White and where are the whites? He built yeah. defense. Yeah. He built free agency. He, I tweeted OBJ when he got his contract. I said, can Sarah White get a thank you letter? Mm. <laughs> I ain't asking mm. for your money. I just need a thank you letter. I need you to understand what happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. Reggie Bush got signed, all these first round picks, getting gobs and gobs. Of money. Do you know what his signing bonus was when he was uh, for the Eagles the first year he got drafted by USFL? Mm. $150,000. Holy cow. That was banging back then. It was. You know, it, it was. And then, you know, the, I'm not going to tell that I story. mean, heck, the league minimum now is crazy. Oh, yeah. It's like, what, if you're a veteran now, if you get signed for league minimum, it's at least 600000 mm-hmm. right? So Six or six fifty. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like you just – and that's that's not even – you know, if you make the 53 roster and not the practice squad, even practice squad people get like fifty grand a year, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah, it, it's not to compare eras. It's just, okay, what was put in? Right. You know, and yeah. it's just what was put in. So you pull back the curtain on that, and they run it like a capitalist business should be run, which I'm not against. But mm-hmm. you're like, it's almost as if it's not. You're making money from the stadium, the brand, the branding alone. That's why, as many people that hate Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones was oh, one he? of the smartest yeah. people yeah, to do what he did. He's a genius when it comes to yeah. Dallas Cowboys. He said, we're not – because I always ask him, I was like, why can't I find any Cowboy stuff? She said, because Jerry fought the NFL and said, no, 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 this is my brand, so I want the entire cut. Mm-hmm. And they got mad and said, well, okay, we're just not going to include you. You go get all those NFL logo, all over logo stuff. You never found the Cowboys on that. Jerry Jones knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. you know. And people are like, oh, gosh, he's a terrible GM, da, da, da. Cowboys have been relevant for 30 years. Yeah, They're still called America's team. Exactly. Even though, obviously, as much as I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm like, no, the Packers became America's team back in 95. You know, I just <laughs> yeah. I, I hate to admit yeah. it. but And they've been irrelevant. They've been bad. And they still he still sells the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. He's an excellent businessman. NFL doesn't want anybody going in on their intellectual property, even though they weren't the ones who built it up. It's the only league that doesn't have a person on the front of their logo. Hmm. They are more concerned with the look of them than what's actually happening with the players. Hmm. Jerry West is on the NBA. A random person caricatures MLB, even Major League Soccer. They're all about the shield. Hmm. That's fine. But then that ends up pulling kind of a Reggie White and a Jeremy White. You're representing me. Mm Mm-hmm. 
No, you need to be just looking out for the people who are helping you with it. Mm-hmm. Like, I get contracts and stuff, but there is – I've thought about it. I've gone back and forth on it a lot. Yes, every NFL contract needs to be guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I used to that. I'm like, man, that's not a good investment. What if they get hurt? Yeah, but what if they get hurt and literally they their knee just – blows out but and then the other thing is i'm i'm so concerned with why the nfl is not harping on getting these new guys financial planners yeah i've never understood and and saying look if you're going to come in you're about to make gobs of money here's what you do delete twitter if you don't if you're building up your brand get somebody to run it if you're not gonna if you're gonna run it on your own don't run it on your own you know it's just because there's these guys who make mistakes now that i'm just like also can somebody Tell that to the president. I'm just asking. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. Did everybody get that text today? Yeah. Uh, just, what, 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 what was that text about? No. Yeah, it's, it's an emergency. Somebody said, I fully expect him to drunk text me soon. I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> what happened? Oh, she's so hot. Ooh. God, that would be awful. That, that would be great. That would be so great if you got a presidential uh, drunk text. All of, a sudden, all of a sudden, we get a text in Russian. Uh, Wait a minute. We did it. What? <laughs> Who is we? It's a slender man. I'm gonna get under my cover and be hot rather than scared. But yeah, so I don't I don't know. That's what I would say. I don't I you know, my mom knows a whole lot more about that, but to go back on the Hall of Fame ring, I know this is a long answer to a no, good no, question. On. The Hall of Fame the Hall of Fame not only didn't give us a jacket, you know, they just gave us the patch, which is fine. I get it. Jacket. It would have been nice to just have a jacket mm-hmm. to put the patch on to frame the what are you worried are you worried that Jeremy White's gonna go around being like hey guess what guys I'm in the Hall of Fame here's my my Super Bowl ring here's my Super Bowl rings here's both of them two of them you know it's like I don't understand what the Hall and the Hall of Fame is not directly tied to the NFL like it's a separate entity so I'm just like like why are we so worried about like what are you are you scared I'm gonna put it on eBay Mm. like are you do you really think I'm gonna do and if I do I mean, Lawrence Taylor's son yeah. put his football, which I still can't. I, I, his didn't Tom Brady sell one of his Super Bowl rings? Four hundred eighty-nine thousand dollars. I bet it on that. I think it sold for Lawrence Taylor's son sold his for eighty. Eighty dollars. Eighty thousand. Okay, right. That's totally different. But even so, it's yeah, Lawrence yeah. Taylor's Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Do you know that eighty thousand dollars has got to be the steelest of the steals? Yeah, eighty mm-hmm. grand. Mm-hmm. Think mm-hmm. about how fast you can blow eighty grand mm. on. I could blow a million dollars with a summer in a bad habit. Oh, yeah. 80 grand for Lawrence Taylor's Super Dude, Bowl ring? Dude, I would ring? just keep going around the Chick-fil-A circle uh, <laughs> over. And, I was, uh, That's I'd, all you would do. I'd have party platters in the back stacked up. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so they made – they didn't give us a jacket. Fine. But what really messed me up, and they did it to Walter Payton's son, too, is they don't um, give rings to anyone posthumously. So can Stabler – didn't get one. Junior Seau's family didn't get one. But here's the messed up part. They made the ring. They make the ring and they keep it in the vault. Hmm. Why? Yeah. So you have Reggie White's ring. You have Walter Payton's ring. You have Junior Seau's ring. You have Ken Stabler's ring. You have the senior committee people's rings just sitting in a vault somewhere in the Hall of Fame. And people have tried to get it and they keep losing. And I was like... Why? Why would you make it? It just... I don't understand. I don't understand the logic. I, I understand a lot of stuff. I've lived a lot of places. I'll, I'll make... 
not excuses. I'll make reasoning for things that don't seem like I'm always trying to understand perspectives. I still can't wrap my head around it. Mm. Even so, would I have sold it? No, I wouldn't have sold it. Would you have think I was the family member to sell it? Even if you did, that's none of your business. Why do you make the ring? I don't I don't yeah. get it. So I just I, I never tire of telling that story because I'm like, someday I'm gonna be loud enough about this and everybody's gonna be like, wait a second. But I don't know. I don't know. That's a separate that's a separate thing. All the thing. <laughs> Gosh. They did give us a replica of his bust, which we yeah. haven't opened because that would be tear fest. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Do you want the replica of his bust? No, I'd actually like the ring, right. the one with not his face on it, yeah. where I have to relive. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, dude. So, so tell us a little bit about Estelle and Gustav. Where did that come from? And where's it? Is there? A, I heard that there might be a second one coming. There, is that there, right? there, there will be. This is actually gonna. I got a call. Um, I got to call Miss Lola. She's going to be 14. So 2008. Oh <laughs> <laughs> 2008. Before I um, – so I graduated from college in 2008. Uh, was recently single, ready to mingle again. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually didn't – you know, had no jobs lined up. I was looking for jobs, but it was 08. Yeah, I don't know if you know about this thing that happened in 08. Maybe a bubble yeah. housing crisis. Yeah. So I couldn't have done anything unless I had – the NFL Network said you might can come be a producer here, like an intern producer. But then my uncle sat me down. He's like, you sure you want to make intern producer money in California? <laughs> Good well, point. So I looked into jobs. Talk about taxes. Hey, oh. <laughs> California stand. Mm-hmm. for not what to do. I got a job in Japan, and um, I didn't start until February of 2009. Well, in the meantime, I didn't just want to sit around. So I went and got a job at a daycare, um, and I was in the three- to five-year-old room. My mother always told me I was going to be a teacher. I never believed her, and then here we are, you know, 12 years later. <laughs> so <laughs> she was like, I always knew. I'm like, how? She was like, you're my son. So, um, so I was in the three- to five-year-old room, and they, again, they were just happy to have a male. Mm-hmm. You know, they were so appreciative. I didn't know, you know one standard from another standard but we went in there and I just made it fun and there was about 20 minutes to kill at the end of every day waiting for the parents to come pick them up by the way if the pickup time is 6 o'clock and your school has a policy of a dollar a minute that's reasonable mm. pick your kids up on time so <laughs> so um, I just started telling the story I had you know the British uh, singer Estelle mm-hmm. yes so I was listening to her at the time which, if you haven't heard her first album, the one with Kanye West is like, eh. But her rest of her album, like, one of the few people I can listen to her album all the way through. I was like, wow, this girl's awesome. So they were like, Mr. White tells a story. And it, I was Mr. Jeremy then. I hadn't earned my last name on the back yet. of the jersey yet. <laughs> it was Mr. I was Mr. Germany to some of them, you know, or Mr. Jeremy to some of them. One of my friends calls me germaphobe. <laughs> so Jer Bear. I got a lot of different connotations with my first name. So Mr. Jeremy tells a story. Okay, uh, we had a princess named um, Estelle and a prince named, I have no idea where Gustav came from. It was literally just the first thing. I was like, Gustav, that's a wonderful name. Started telling this story. Every day for about three or four weeks. It got to the point where the parents started showing up early because they wanted to hear how it ended. Because I kept leaving, leaving cliffhangers. So I went home and got and opened up Microsoft Word. Google Docs wasn't invented yet. And I'm, I'm typing away and I'm just writing down the story. Well, in 2011, while I was in Japan, I was like, the story's already there. I just have to put it in poetic form. So I sat down for two hours and just banged it out. 
and it was fifteen hundred words. You know, I just did Bam, it. Like, it was just boom, there, children's book. Took it to a buddy of mine who worked with me in Japan. He is an uh, art teacher in Detroit. Um, and he said, Jeremy, you know, I'll draw the pictures for you. I was like, thank you, because I can't draw them. Like, <laughs> my stick figures are Squiggly notorious. I, it, it just, oh, I, I drew a picture of an elephant one time, and they, my kids were confused because they thought the trunk was a snake. You know, and, <laughs> but they never forgot, you know, ears open. Like right. an elephant, you know, it was yeah. it was great, but it, terrible drawings. But that's so, the reason why I don't tattoo because they shake like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> 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 it's funny because it's true. He shakes, and there's going to be another Back to the Future, isn't there? I heard he's doing it. I heard he's doing one. Oh gosh! I heard he's going to do one. Oh, they're going to reboot it. I don't know if they're going to reboot it. Or it's going to be a oh, sequel, hmm, and it's, he's going to be in it. Really? And I'm like, more power to him. That's a lot of editing. That's the terrible. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. So might get Michael another cup of water. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> Dad! I'm sorry. So okay. Right now. So, um, but that it, it came from that, and it just it just stemmed off of. There's a panda in the book because um, it, all the characters are based off what the kids said they wanted their animal to be hmm. sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kung Fu Panda was popular at the time, so there's a panda in there. Um, there were – originally there were talking trees because I had saw Narnia and, you know, and the, and the and Lord of the Rings. No, okay. Lord of the Rings and the, 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 the trees. So I just, I just threw a bunch of different stuff in there and just tried to make it as fun and adventurous as I could. But the elephant in the story is actually based off of this um, – girl who was in my class three and a half at the time this girl can read i can tell you now because i know it now because i went to school for it she was reading at a probably fourth grade level at three and a half wow um and and just was and it taught herself how to she should not have ever been born she was a preemie her lungs weren't working correctly she had a machine to breathe for her at night her mother told me explicitly, don't let her nap because she won't sleep at night. Because if she doesn't sleep at night, she grabs the books and she teaches herself how to read. Mom's a nurse. Dad's a firefighter. They don't have wow. time to teach her how to read. Been the most, one of the most extraordinary people I ever have come in contact with. Mm -hmm. Ended up getting diagnosed with Asperger's. All sorts of stuff. She was on, I know no other way to say this. She was on my about getting this book done. Is Stella and Gustav done? No, Lola, it's not. Well, I mean, what are you waiting for? When are you going to get it done? Da, 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 da. You know, because it doesn't Estelle, because she still gives me crap because the elephant was supposed to be pink. Because mm. her favorite, uh, Dr. Seuss, was Horton Here's a Who. Right. Oh, there you so go. I got her, and she freaked. She's like, oh, my God, you finished it? I'm like, I got, you know, I finished it. So the inspiration came from the kids. I like I said, I use my love of writing and my love for poetry to, to make something. It's It's got a rhythm to it. I that's the only kind of kids books I'll write because I don't I love reading picture books to my kids but they need more rhythm mm. like Dr. Su he had a synchronization he had a rhythm and a rhyme for everything that he did and it just flows so I was but the second one's written I'm just waiting for the artwork the uh, the prequel is ready Mm. Well, okay, not ready. It's halfway there. I thought it was crap. I went back and read it. I'm like, oh my god, this is deep. <laughs> so <laughs> it was actually super deep. It's uh, you know, I've got an idea for how I want the artwork, and um, I'm actually from this weekend. I got to call Lola. She's going to be 14 in April. She actually was writing the backstory for the for the panda or the the elephant and Estelle. She banged out something. I don't. I haven't showed Leon yet, but she banged out something in 15 minutes on her iPhone that I looked at her. I was like, "Did you did you use the word gorge? The gorge and the you know and the and the, like she was d d her descriptions of stuff was just so awful." I said, "Lola, 
can you can you help me do the novel of it? Because what my dream is to have it you you read these the picture books when you're younger and like a Harry Potter sort of mm. thing. You grow up, mm. you see the more adult, darker side of what's going on with Stella and Gustav. They're human too. Yeah, it's fun. Mm. But like, can you imagine if like you know Aladdin and Jasmine had like a real story yeah. about when you know, like the genie was kind of a two faced jerk or something you know something <laughs> but just that's real life that's why I like I all think these it's a monkey I'm well, just gonna go out there even with even with all the recreations of the Disney movies now mm-hmm. where they just kind of they tap into just a little bit more hey people are human mm-hmm. sort of thing like so I, I kind of want that and I'd love for it to be like a novella that's like seventy pages and then when they're fifteen to be a full fledged novel like seven hundred pages so they're mm. reading a story they already know but in more detail hmm. you know and I'm not gonna be able to do it without this little girl and she's not little she's a teenager but so that's the vision with it nice. I mean um, what I would really like one day is for um, you know keep growing with the YouTube channel have this go out and um, be enough like supplemental income because I my first my passion is education and getting the foundation for that K through two because I feel like we've forgotten about K through two in this country because mm-hmm. it's not a measurable statistic mm-hmm. with reading levels and things and politicians and people in power like numbers that they can read in 30 seconds even though nothing ever worth doing takes 30 seconds well, my wife will disagree yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying is that how the kids were made there. yeah I'll just leave that right there. Yeah, so, so anyway, I was going to go serious. I can't now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But no, I just, it's, it, you know, LeBron starting his school is wonderful. It's fourth through whatever it is. Mm. Uh, you know, Ron Clark Academy down in, in um, Atlanta, it's fourth through eighth. Middle schools get focused on, high schools get focused on. They're very easy to predict. That numbers are easy to, math makes sense. Kindergarten doesn't make sense. Mm. First grade makes even less sense. Second grade, they're in that weird transition Mm -hmm. stage, getting ready for third grade, which now finally has numbers. And there is no, there is no commitment in this country to saying, look, if we just fix pre-K, K, K, first and second, guess what we won't have to do? We will not have to teach an eighth grader who's on a third grade reading level. But you know, we try, we try, we tried that several times, like Head Start. Yes. But there, but, the problem is they're fundamentally flawed mm-hmm. before they even begin. Right. Because they're, they're one, they are throwing money at it, mm-hmm. thinking money's going to fix it. And then they're throwing more money. And then they're just throwing more money <laughs> yeah. at it. Right. And you don't hire passionate teachers because passionate teachers stay where, either stay where they are or get burnt out. And then you have to spend over $5 billion a year retraining new teachers. So it's like this whole mm-hmm. – it's just this cycle. And it's it's like – the, the weird thing is you go into schools, go talk to K through two literacy facilitators that have that are worth their two cents. OK, and ask them, don't doesn't everybody, even the people who started Head Start, don't they understand that if they just do this, if it's literally Occam's razor, it's that simple, mm-hmm. don't they? And I've been looked in the eye. They said, oh, yeah, they know, mm-hmm. but they're not going to do it. I was like, yeah. OK, well, I guess I'll just start my own. Branch out. I'll be so loud over here. Well, and then, but look at the, when free market takes over. Look at yeah. you have uh, the certain Khan Academy. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. You, you have you have great examples of when people get fed up, they let their free market takes over, and, and they producing yeah. Khan Academy produces some of the greatest stuff out That's there. Great. I mean, even for middle school kids. Too. And and I mean, it's it's because one they don't necessarily attach. 
They do it reverse. Khan Academy has got it so good because they said, go home, learn about it. We're going to practice it together in school. You know, I'm my my educational pedagogy and my philosophy is a lot of my parents want homework as a way to babysit their child. Mm. And so I had a mother who shall not be named and I will not say where in this country or another country uh, said, you know, are you giving my child homework? I was like, first of all, September. Second of all, no, the only thing I need you to do is write with them for 15 minutes, read with them for 15 minutes. I don't care what you write and read about. Just do that. That's oh, I, oh, I got to do that with them? Right, right. And then so mm. I, I finally gave homework. And then two weeks later, it was, well, the homework you're sending home, um, they're a little bored. No, you're not working with them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not telling you you need to spend an hour. I'm telling you 15 minutes every day. That's all I need from you. We'll take care of the rest in school. But we're we my generation is so scared of school because we've had so many bad experiences. We can barely get into a classroom to talk to our teacher about our child because we don't trust our teacher because the system is so broken and it just it goes from there yeah and parents parent a lot of parents have checked out too yep you know what i'm saying they absolutely they, they've checked out the race and uh also I, I i with my career i have a lot more free time to drop and go and check my kids mm-hmm. and being in, in, involved in their schooling and of course you know first day of school i'm like hey if you want me if you'd like for me to be a room mom i'd be more than happy to mm-hmm. help you out and of course they look at me and i've only had one take take me up on the <laughs> offer so far but um it's, it's almost like you don't know what to do. It's like, wait, wait, what? You're available? Listen, you stay right there. When I find out what I know, what I don't know, what I know to ask that I don't know right now, I'm going to come talk to you. And then before you know it, it's Teacher Appreciation Week in May when we're all burnt out and we forget that. <laughs> but no, it's uh, you know, it, you see it, but a lot of parents, like you said, they expect that babysitting. They mm-hmm. If they're not, if, if that homework isn't there to keep them tedious and occupied, then they probably have some electronic device in their hands now that keep them occupied. Yeah. I mean, it's just... But then be the same parents that complain that say, I don't want them doing that all day at school. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Wait a second. Yeah, no, not, not that that's my philosophy. It's just, it's, yeah. you know, it's interesting because people are yeah. like, oh, if they're doing that, if they, I always tell parents, if you come in my classroom and we're loud and you're not sure what's going on, I need you to stay. Hmm. Because if you just come in and pop in, you see that we're loud and we're turning it down for what? Because somebody counted to 100 for the first time without using letters. And, you know, <laughs> and we, we're turning the lights on and off to make it a club scene. And I'm letting them jump all up and right. down. And you're worried that 24 kids are going to smash into each other. And you're like, I can't believe this man. What is he doing? What's his educational philosophy? I need you to stay. Because mm-hmm. if you stay and you see the culture of our classroom, then you'll start to actually, oh, I get it now. Mm-hmm. But I've had, I've had some, you know, long in the tooth. Um, parents who have been in the education system for a long time. The first time we had a conference, they were, well, I'm not really sure how you do what you do because this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. It took about six months, and they were like, I love you. I was <laughs> like, I told you, it just take a little time. I'm a little bit, you know, off on the fringes here, but mm-hmm. it works. And, you know, and they're like, I even had a mom tell me, or a grandmother tell me today. She's like, oh, no, I don't need you to explain your curriculum because I know you're just different. I was like, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like this to say. Sounds like kindergarten cop. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So I, I wish we could stay here for forever. I'm but sorry. we got to wrap it up, and I've got I've got to go back to work. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, so let's reiterate where people can get the book, where mm-hmm. they can get a hold of you, where they can uh, just you know shameless plug wherever you want. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Estelle and Gustav, G U S T O F F. Uh, on Amazon, you can get the paperback for twelve dollars. You can get the ebook for eight. But if you get the paperback and then you decide to get the ebook, the ebook's only three dollars. So you can get nice. ebook and paperback for fifteen total. Um, you can find in his shadow, growing up with Reggie White on Amazon. But like I said, I'd prefer you to email me at Estelle and Gustav 
at gmail.com. Um, let me know your address. We can talk about forms of payment, how to get PayPal. You might even autograph it for me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. And that's the thing. I wish I had more copies of Estelle and Gustav, but it's just so much easier just to order it on Amazon. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Just do it. But, um, you know, if you if you send it, I'll, I'll tell you the address to send it with the return stamp. But totally, I'm not paying for us. <laughs> Sarah White raised me. <laughs> she clipped coupons. I'm not paying for your return stamp. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then Lift Tutoring, L-I-F-T on, on YouTube. If you search Lift Tutoring, Jeremy White, I'd appreciate a subscription for that. Um, we're trying to trying to get enough passive income to end up bringing it full circle, to end up doing what I'm doing without monetarily worrying about it. Because sure. there's a ton of kids who who need the passionate educators, and people wonder why there's not more passionate teachers. We're there. We're just burnt. Mm-hmm. Hey, kids are watching YouTube. Yeah, I mean, look at the people unboxing toys and mm-hmm. how many millions of views they have on Fortnite day. watch you know Fortnite yeah. views it's a guy who makes $100,000 a month on Twitch just playing Fortnite yeah. Yeah. I mean more power to him there you go so we we play a game that we call 10 and 1 where I'm going to ask you 10 questions okay. and see if you can get in under a minute okay alright All right, so I know this will be a stretch so. <laughs> yeah because you heard Jeremy White talk <laughs> gift of gab and he never shuts up don't say shut up I'm 32 dead <laughs> alright so here we go um, and so the clock will start, Mojo. You'll get it, get it ready, and it'll start after I get done with the question. As a kindergartner teacher, per week, how many juice boxes? Ooh, uh, 50. <laughs> Favorite video game ever? Final Fantasy VII. Biscuits or cornbread? Biscuits. As a kid, what was your favorite cartoon? Mm, X-Men. Cheesehead or Cheese Whiz? Cheese Whiz. Most impactful scripture? Joshua 1-9. Bald oh. Eagles or Philadelphia Eagles? Oh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you love the Cowboys? <laughs> 10. Who's your favorite wrestler? Hulk Hogan. Uh, everybody has a spirit animal. What is your spirit food? Ooh, macaroni and cheese. Ooh, did he get it? He did. Uh, is Hulk Hogan's wife ugly? <laughs> <laughs> you heard about the Ric Flair story. <laughs> the Ric Flair that's oh my god! <laughs> I never felt so embarrassed. All right, all right. Before we let it go, tell that story real quick. Okay, real fast. Uh, Dad was wrestling Steve, uh, Steve McMichael in Charlotte on May 11th. It was the day before my birthday. I was 11 years old. I'm sitting next to Ric Flair's son, ringside. I'm feeling like a star, even though we could only get those because of Ric Flair. So that morning, um, at Ric Flair's son's house playing Turok, Dinosaur Hunter, Turok 64, and his mother, uh, the boy's mother comes downstairs she doesn't have her makeup on yet she says <laughs> we start talking very candidly i don't know what's going on i'm 11 years old i don't tell the lie and i somehow say i'm sure that you'll look better when you get your makeup on she agreed so later that <laughs> night after the after the uh wrestling uh finished and my father lost you know um i'm going back and she has had a few to drink and mm-hmm. she comes up to me and and says how do i look now and I look at her, and I'm a very honest child who has been raised in the Christian faith. And I said, the same? <laughs> <laughs> and she stops, and time stops. And then my dad takes me into the trailer, sits me down, long pause, felt like 50 minutes to an hour, and says, son, did you tell Rick Flair's wife she was ugly? No, not not like <laughs> I need you to go back outside and I need you to apologize. And I was like went back outside. Hey, you look great. I think she had already forgotten cuz she was knee deep and wasted. Sure. She, she was 
S-faced. <laughs> so we're there, we're there with that. So that's the story. Nice. All right. Wow. I'm sweating. Follow that up. Yeah. I don't know if I'll get the meat sweats from chicken nuggets or uh, just this room. <laughs> hey, Jeremy, thanks for coming in. We really appreciate you uh, coming in. And thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm thank- thankful you guys could hear me out for how long has it been? About five hours? We Ten might minutes. have you come in for part two. Hey. Yeah, that'd be good. Go. Hey, please go check us out on southernfryphilosophy.com. You can find us on the Facebook at Southern Fry Philosophy. Most importantly, where you find us on Apple, iTunes, uh, Google Play, or Stitcher, subscribe, give us a like, give us a review, share your favorite episodes, send all your hate email to Biggin at uh, SFP Radio. Do it. Something like that. Find us on the Instagrams and Twitters at SFP Radio. Where else can we find us? That's about it. <laughs> all right. Fast forward. Go back to the beginning of the show. You can find us there, too. Yeah. There you go. And as always, keep looking up. <laughs>